This is the Cigar Authority. I'm kind of a big deal. The authority on everything cigar. You will respect my authority. Featuring cigar liberties from every major cigar brand. We have with us Christian Aroa. Rocky Patel. Victor Vitale. Eric Hansen. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Nick Perdomo. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Saka. Is Jesus Fuego. Joe Cusano. WWE Hall of Famer Nikolai Volkov. It's the rock star, Pete Johnson. Jorge Padron. With your host, David Garofalo. That's me. This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. And his friends. That's you. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The one and only Cigar Authority. We are the Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. Damn it, motherfuckers, it's the Cigar Authority. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Cigar Authority. My name's David Garofalo. And my name's Mr. Jonathan Weaseling in again, Mr. Jonathan, weaseling in. You heard, you heard who's going to be here, and you said you got to be here. You've been here like yeah, week after week, that, so. Let's stick let's with get, that story. Let's get used to this. Mr. Jonathan is here. Chuck's on the board. Chuck. What's up, boys? Okay, big big show here this week on the Cigar Authority. This is a two-hour weekly show about uh, guy stuff, in, but including, and most importantly, premium cigars. And we do this every Saturday from noon to 2 o'clock. And it's on many, many stations you could be picking us up on. Uh, we're on WWZN, 1510 The Zone in Boston, WGHM 900 The Game in Nashua, New Hampshire, WARL 1320, that's Positive Energy in Providence, Rhode Island, and WGAM 1250 ESPN Radio in Manchester, New Hampshire. If you'd like to see this show live streaming, it's available for you on Ustream.tv or podcasted. For your convenience to listen to at any time on podbean dot, podbean.com. And if you'd like to actually see an old video, an, an old show, those are available to you at any time on the cigarauthority.com. And you can come on there and you can click on and uh, actually tune in to I'm, us and write to us. I'm tuning in right now. You're on right now. So if anybody's there and you want to type something to Mr. Jonathan, he may or may not use it during the show <laughs> to his advantage. <laughs> this week, um, E.P. Carrillo, and uh, it's a father and son team, uh, also with uh, uh, Ernie's daughter. Uh, they have, uh, he is the godfather of... Is her, name, is her name Ernesto Lissette. as well? No. Lissette, okay. Uh, he is the godfather of boutique cigar brands. He was the first one to... to be a small little bodega in Miami that actually escalated into a giant company, and that was with La Gloria Cubana. Wasn't he the first cigar interview or something in? Uh... Uh, the, one of the first cigar, uh, cigar aficionado magazine that came out talked about him and rated his cigar dramatically high in those days. And you're talking about at that time maybe a dollar fifty cigar, the Wavell, Gloria Cubana Wavell. It got a big, big high rating and. And that brand was crazy. This was like in 1992. And um, it, it, it became like the hottest cigar brand out there. And it was sold off to one, a big company. And Ernie went to work for that company, General Cigar, for probably 10 years. And finally, he go, he's going back to his roots and bringing on uh, his family, his son and his daughter. And they formed this company, E.P. Carrillo Cigars. And uh, he's with us today, along with his son, Ernie, and we're going to interview both of them. I nice. love it. They're here. We're going to take advantage of this thing. Nice. And uh, his first cigar to come out was the inaugural. This is the E.P. Carrillo inaugural edition. 
in 2009. It came out last year. And we're going to say actually goodbye to this brand because this is the last one. This is it. The wow, last box. Wow. So, so why not? And, Maybe uh, when we have him on, we can twist his arm to make just one more. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the inaugural, which is called the Encore. And it's one size. And it's the Encore. This is his Encore. And if uh, you were lucky enough to join us last night, um, we brought him back uh, to his musical roots. He started off as a jazz drummer. Hell of a drummer. And uh, he, uh, after 30 years, uh, he brought his drumsticks and he uh, played a little. Huh. And I'll tell you, he's still got some, got some beat to him. He's, nice. Uh, he's, little got, zip. he's got it. He's got it. It's like riding a bike. So uh, let's do it. Let's fire it up. This is the uh, 2009 inaugural. Cheers. And this is uh, the last of it. This is wow. it. So uh, why not? I'm using my uh, new Calibri lighter, uh, cutter that uh, has come out, and it does a nice job. And the, the good folks at Zycar sent me a uh, triple jet lighter. You're going to be jealous of this. And engraved, oh, wow. engraved with my name on it. Cool. They obviously haven't seen the Mr. Jonathan Cigar Authority show because I should have one well, of those. This is the David Garofalo show, and Mr. Jonathan, uh, uh, Mr. Jonathan quit a few years back <laughs> as the producer, and he upgraded himself as the... I gave what, myself a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say on top of your, your head over there? It's ready to say Mr. Jonathan again. Uh, it says co-host. Yeah. He applied that on there. So uh, it's a nice triple jet. I like it. So we'll give this a nice toast. I like to toast the cigar nice and take a, take a few seconds out to uh, do the right thing for a cigar so it burns well. Is uh, toast it up nice. Oh, you can hear that. Three jet. Man. This thing will fly me to the Dominican Republic and back. You could send yourself into orbit with this thing if you're not careful. In uh, last night's event, we, uh, we did it. Uh, it was uh, winging it with uh, Ernesto Carrillo, and it was live jazz. As I said, we had him on the drums, and the people from Wings It in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, donated all the wings, and together we got together and put this event uh, together, and it was all for charity. We donated all the money, which was about $2,000, to the Seacoast Family Food Pantry of New Hampshire. This is uh, just days before Thanksgiving, and these are uh, folks that... Uh, having a tough time right now and we thought why not we'll feed them for thanksgiving so it was a nice thing to do and we had a great time and everybody uh got a few cigars all the wings they could eat there were wings hot wings and there was this peanut uh type of wing which was delicious uh like a little thai sauce thai yeah uh, it was good they had all kinds of different, different spicy was it spicy a little bit of spice on that in? they had some spicy ones he did all kinds of different different stuff and it was uh Awesome Wings, uh, and, and Wings It is in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Go visit them. They, they did a nice thing. Uh, I really wanted to be there, but I had a choice between dancing with ridiculously hot women that are not my wife or hanging out with a bunch of dudes with cigars and chicken wings. There were women there, so, too. There were women, and we smoked some great were cigars. Were you allowed to touch them? Uh, were you allowed to touch them? I don't know. I, don't think I was so. allowed to touch the women where I was, so it was good. Really? Yeah. Your wife was okay with that? She was there. You got a good marriage, my yeah, I do. <laughs> what a deal! You got a good thing going. Um, okay, so as I said, this is uh, the last of the 2009, and later on we're going to smoke the 2010 limited edition, which is still available right now. But this is he—he he has that in his regular core 
cigar, uh, which they called it, uh, their core edition, E.P. Carrillo. And um, I love that cigar. That, that's a regular staple for me, and that is actually a contender for the Cigar of the Year this year. So it's that in the it contenders is. pack, and uh, we wish it luck, and hopefully it turns out there. It certainly is one of the best cigars to come out this year. And it's a regular production. It's still out there, and, uh, you know, we're behind it. And uh, just just a great, great cigar. So in the, in the next segment, uh, we'll have uh, Ernie come on. And uh, he, as I said, he's the man behind not only Gloria Cubana, El Credito, and El Rico Habano. He's pretty much just the man. I mean, you could he's stop the there and just say he's just the man. He's the man. He is the man. So uh, lucky to have him here and honored that he'll be on the show. And, and we'll talk to his son, too, who left a, uh, a great career in the finance business to go on with his dad. And his daughter was a lawyer or is a lawyer and uh, decided to leave her business and go into cigars. So all the kids are doing it. It's really it's the yeah. popular thing right now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, last night's uh, event was great. We raised a couple thousand dollars, and um, we, we, we're going to do more. I heard that guy is kind of a lunatic about his chicken. He's nuts. He wants uh, only the best. He, ha- he cuts, he cuts everyone himself. Nobody else can touch the chicken but him. I think that's unbelievable. Well, whatever it is, you, you know it's as fresh as can be, never frozen. Organic. Yeah. Did you bring me one? I did not. You, they, they were all eaten. And, you uh, didn't put one in your purse and just like... I don't have a purse. Are you? <laughs> your wife's purse, maybe? My wife is in L.A. right now. Oh. They are going to the American Music Awards, which is Sunday. Wow. So they're, uh, they're doing it up there. And uh, who's there? She, uh, her and my daughter, Gianna. Nice. So, so do they have to fly? They flew there. And uh, you're, you're okay with that? Yeah, the new why? TSA guidelines? You know, I just basically sending your wife and your daughter in to either be exposed to ridiculous radiation or being felt up by someone who may or may not have their GED. Well, I went I was in Miami this week. I flew down to Miami on uh, Saturday. Which one did you pick? And I went to the Dominican. So I went to two different airports. I spent a few days in the Dominican Republic and I came back Wednesday night. Again, two airports. And I am insulted. Did you get to know his name? They didn't touch me. What? Not one hand on me. Unbelievable. You picked radiation? I don't know if I picked radiation because I'm a fat guy, and as I was going through the scanner and stuff, everybody turned their head. It was like, you know, <laughs> oh, I don't even want to look at this, which I don't blame them. But they, they, nobody wanted any part of it. They, there was nobody looking at nude oh photos goodness. of me. That was for sure. I, and I was a little insulted. I said, you want me to go through again? And they said, no, just go. You're all set. Can, will someone please touch me? I'm, I guarantee you I have That's weapons I'm, in I'm my pants. I'm insulted by it. They want nothing to do with you. So there was none of that. I didn't see it anyway. And my, if you've ever gone through Miami International Airport, oh, oh what a night. You've gone through it. Terrible. It's, it's horrible. That would not fly in Israel. You're a man. You're flying alone. They assume... You're a terrorist, and they pull you aside, question you, and check all your stuff. That's actually how they do it. They profile that way. Well, they certainly didn't profile me. Or maybe they a did. Short, short, fat, white guy. Go ahead. You're all set. All set, sir. Coming back, they did ask me if I had cigars. Because that's the biggest problem in the world. <laughs> There's lots of sh- stuff going on. You can- and the biggest problem in the world is, do you have any cigars you on You may you? or may not be packing heat on the airplane. But do you we have don't care any, about that. Are you packing tobacco and from another country? And you know something? I was, and I lied to them, 
and I told them I wasn't. Good. And did they check? They did not check anyway. Unbelievable. Do you have any cigars? Do you have a bomb, sir? Do you have any knives or any guns? No. Are you, Going you through the weed? scanner, we're turning our head. We're not looking at you at all. You're disgusting looking, sir. We're not looking at you. But well, do you have any cigars on you? No, I don't. All right. And Priorities. I had a lot of cigars on me, too. And they're not getting any of them. That's how I feel. I think that's a good, th- a good way to feel. So, you've been sliding. so what a trip. What a trip it was. Uh, in Miami, I went to a birthday party of a, a 70-year-old guy that's really into, into cigars. He uh, has a long history of cigars. guy's a billionaire. So this is a billionaire's birthday party I went to, 70th birthday party. And all his friends are billionaires except me. And there was no doubt I was the poorest slob in the place. But it was really something to see because I met the guy that invented contact lenses. They would, wow. he, somebody was taking me around and saying, see this guy? This is, owns Perry Ellis. He's got to be like in This guy lens. invented the contact lens. He was 92 years old, wow. smoking cigars. Every man and woman in the place was smoking cigars. 92-year-old guy, he's smoking cigars. And I sat with him for a while, and he says, so what do you do? You, you own cigar companies? And, and I said, no, I own a cigar store. Didn't he say, aren't you on the radio show with Mr. Johnson? <laughs> yeah. Be honest. He didn't even mention it at all. I gave him a card anyway. I said, you know, you can go on the Internet or have somebody help you get on the Internet or whatever. And uh, They probably assume that's why you were there because you, you're on the radio with me. Uh, I'm Thanks. sure. I'm sure that had a, had a big part of it. But anyway, uh, this guy didn't own the contact lens. I sat with him and his wife, and I was talking to them, and I had this stupid grin on my face. And after a while, he said, why, do you, why are you smiling at me? What is it? And I said, you know, I can't get past the idea that you invented the contact lens and you are wearing eyeglasses. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. He is wearing eyeglasses. He invented the contact lens. He's a multi-billionaire, and he's wearing eyeglasses. So what, what's the story there? And he says, you know, your eyes dry up as you get older and things like that, and I wear glasses now. And it just hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. And, and there, were, there were people from, uh, you know, all kinds of different industries and stuff that were there, but everybody was a billionaire. A lot of real estate tycoons, um, you know, everybody was, was older than me, but much, much richer than me. But I'll tell you, they would have gave up their billions to be my age. They were, now, at this point, that's what they want. They want, it, they want to live longer, of course, and uh, it was a real interesting night. And uh, uh, the guy I was with said, uh, you know, you ready to go? You ready to go? And I said... I can't be the first one to leave. We've got to leave at least after the 92-year-old guy's had enough. So we waited until then, and that's when we ended up going. But it was really something to see. Uh, you know, I, that's not where I want to be. You know, I, I've decided, you know, I want to be wealthy, and I want to gain more, uh, uh, grow my business and things like that. But there's no need. That's way more than anybody could ever spend or anything, but it, it was nice to, to rub elbows with them. I would have a feeling that if you became a billionaire, that you would have even less time to spend your money because right now you do okay for yourself, but the deal with your wife, it sounds like, is uh, you she make it, she it. spends it, yeah. and uh, you're happy making it, she's happy spending it. It's a good deal. Works out well. You, my friend, have a great marriage. I can't touch other women. She draws the line there. She puts up with the cigars. My yeah, it doesn't to get me a little up. static. So you got the and then you get the whatever. Good with the bad. The, yeah, yin and yang or whatever ends up working out anyway. But the the, the trip to Miami was for just a, a day and a half, and then it was off to the Dominican Republic, 
where uh, I, I didn't go with a certain manufacturer this time. I went on my own, so I was able to see lots and lots of different people and lots of people that didn't know I was coming. So I saw what was going on and production things and lots of tobacco and, uh, you know, uh, what's coming out in the future and things like that. I smoked lots and lots of cigars. And uh, I'll tell you, cigars have never been better. I say it every single week, but I'm telling you, um, you know, I've, I've been in the business 25 years. Cigars are great today. Whatever you get, everybody's making fantastic cigars. So there's never been a better time to smoke premium cigars than it is right now. So, hey, let's smoke. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to say goodbye to the inaugural 2009 because uh, it's 2010. We kept it around for uh, about, a, about a year and three months or so. Mm-hmm. It's been out. I'm liking it so far. It's good. Good, good cigar. Very mellow. Um, today is November 20th. Let's look at this day in history. What happened this day? It is the 324th day of the year. There's uh, only 41 days remaining. Folks, 36 days till Christmas. It's showtime. Black Friday is this Friday coming up. I have a sneaking suspicion about this year's Black Friday. Yeah. I think it's been so overdone by the media that I think people are going to be surprised this year. I don't think there's going to be the lines like there were before. I think people are sick of Black Friday. Well, we'll see. We, we have a plan, and we'll tell you in the next hour what we're going to do this Black Friday which is instead of go to the malls, we're telling you to go to the cigar store because we're going to have a hell of a time. We pretty much only tell you to go to the cigar store anyways. We would never tell you well, to go you to the dro- mall. Well, you drop the wife off at the mall. There's no place to park anyway. Tell her you'll pick her up in about six hours. Go to your local cigar store. If you pick her up at all. Okay. Do you have that kind of relationship with your wife? <laughs> no, she'd kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the truth out. I, I can touch other think... women, but if I forget to pick her up, my life is over. Okay. <laughs> you got a good thing going anyway. 1962, this day, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis ended. Nice. This day in 1962. Um, what else? Uh, uh, the United States Department of Justice filed an antitrust suit against AT&T. No more monopoly. That was in 1974. So at that point, AT&T controlled the monopoly right. on the phone industry. Right. And now, supposedly, things got better. I don't think so. No. Well, so, I don't know, though, Dave. Now that you have the, uh, the one, whole internet phone. One company Phones used to be up. free, first off. You get a phone in your house. The thing was made of cement. It never broke. They lasted forever and ever. Now they make these crappy, cheap things that, that break. When you say phones were free, do you mean the actual phone or the service? No, the Both. phone. You didn't buy a phone. There wasn't I can remember f- having one yeah, uh, at my house growing phones up. Phones were free. Rotary dial. The thing weighed a ton. Yeah. Wow. And they lasted forever. Back then, you could use a phone as a murder weapon. Now you can't even make a decent shiv out of one. Yeah. Microsoft Windows 1.0 was released this day in 1985. 25 years ago today, Microsoft 1.0. That worked out pretty good. Holy God. I'll say. So that was the beginning, and uh, I'll tell you, I still have a tough time with it. I don't use 1.0, but I still have a tough time on the computer. It's not going to go away, folks. Uh, it's part of our life. But that was only 25 years ago. Imagine 26 years ago, nothing. Yeah. Now Windows 7 is their seventh version of Windows. Is it 7.0 or just Windows, just Windows 7? Just Windows 7, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And now the richest man in the world, right? Uh, oh. Osama bin Laden, man without sin. What did he declare? Uh, uh, 
was uh, the Taliban controlled Afghanistan declares ex- excessive terrorist Osama bin Laden a man without sin. Okay, so this is when he really got his his thing. This was in 1998. Uh, 2008, uh, U.S. financial systems began uh, uh, to build up. Mid-September, the Dow Jones Industrial Average reaches its lowest since 1997. That was in 2008. That was that the was state? The that was today? Today. Wow. So that was the big drop. 1925, Robert F. Kennedy was born. 1925. Uh, Richard Dawson. Remember who he is? Richard Dawson. Isn't he an English actor? English actor. Nice call. Game show. Oh, he's, Family the guy, feud. he's the guy that kissed everybody. That's right. And he was also on... Hogan's Heroes. Nice. The Running Man, that's right. Hogan's Heroes, a show about the concentration camps, a a comedy. How'd they pull that off? (laughs) Can you imagine (laughs) pitching that? How do you pitch that one? You mean it's too soon? We can't can't laugh about this? Good. 1942 is uh, the birthday today. A vice president, Joe Biden. It's his birthday. Happy, Joe, happy birthday, Joe Biden. Do something. Please. Do something. And uh, today's uh, Bo Derek's birthday. Bo Derek. Who's Bo Derek? Mr. Jonathan, who's Bo Derek? I have nothing. She's a perfect 10. Is she a perfect 10? She was. Yeah, she, she <laughs> hit, she the, as hot she as hit the, the wall nun? about eight years ago. But she was a perfect 10. Is she as hot as the flying nun? She was much hotter. This, this was Impossible. The one, Come on. Impossible. Age, Come on. This was the calendar girl. This Not is even the talking post, to you. The posters with, with the braids in her hair. Nothing? You uh, know, you don't Sally. even remember? Well, I, I know of her, but yeah. No. Oh, she, Sally Fields hotter. She, she I was the it Bo girl. Derek. She was the it girl. She was born in 1956, so she's 54 years old today. That's not that old. She's about a seven today. She's young. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When when do women stop becoming hot? Do they? uh, Isn't today's uh, J.D. Drew's birthday? J.D. Drew, baseball baseball player player from, uh, that's right, J.D. Drew. And uh, what do I have here today? Uh, This week, uh, actually uh, in two days, uh, is the date of uh, uh, John F. Kennedy's assassination, 1963. Wow. Imagine that. Mm. So uh, we lost John F. Kennedy. Uh, I didn't vote in those days, but that would have been the last uh, Democrat I would have voted for. But, hey, I'm going to tell my political views. Why not, right? It's our show. That's right. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, and this Thursday is Thanksgiving. That it is? This yes. Thursday. You guys got any plans? Uh, I go to my mother-in-law's house and overeat. I love Thanksgiving because it is the holiday that is not the gift-giving holiday. It's all about my number one pastime, number two is cigars. My number one pastime, eating. Nice. And it's the be- Oh, man. I love it. You, are you a turkey guy? <sighs> Everything. Turkey yeah. stuffing. About, uh, you know, I'm in the, from the uh, Italian household, so it's lots of pasta. Yeah. It's lots and lots oh, yeah. of, of pasta different things. on Thanksgiving, huh? We do. It, it's soup. It's nuts. It's pasta. It's many, many things. And then it's all the desserts and everything after. And it's eat till you're sick. Lay down and then eat some more. Love it. Now, you are a vegetarian. What do you do on Thanksgiving? Saying that I'm a vegetarian is a bit of a misnomer. I'm really just about things that are organic. uh, And uh, oftentimes I'm a vegetarian because there's nothing available at a restaurant that's organic. So for Thanksgiving, I make organic turkey. I do all the cooking. Okay. Um, 
I do everything. Stuffing, everything from scratch, uh, the gravy. I even make my own cranberry sauce. And what kind of gravy you use? Turkey gravy. You really? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I'll even throw a little bacon grease in it. You know, I won't. That's so unvegetarian. Exactly. Hey, it's All organic, right. though. It's good for you. Bacon grease is organic. If it's from organic bacon. I guess. Yeah. I love it. Sometimes I'll save the bacon grease. Just save it in a little thing and then just pour it in the gravy when no one's looking. They're like, oh, this is the best gravy ever, as you can actually watch their arteries hardening. All right. I'm, I'm surprised at that. It's what I'm about. All right. Enjoying the cigar so far. You liking it? I'm loving it. We're going to be saying goodbye to it, but we're going to be saying hello to Ernesto Perez Carrillo when we come back from break. So it's going to be uh, the godfather of boutique cigars. So, folks, stick around. we got the man coming up in just a couple of minutes. Stick around. Check these commercials out. They're pretty good, too. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. White Birch Brewing is the home of finely crafted small batch beers. My friend, owner and operator Bill Hurlitz Gould, is to brew great beer for the beer enthusiast. Let me tell you from experience, folks, this guy is all about quality. White Birch Brewing is a two-barrel brewery located in Hookset, New Hampshire, that takes an artisan approach to brewing. Bill releases unique interpretations of Belgian styles, barley wines, imperial stouts, and wild ales. Each batch is bottle conditioned and aged at the brewery. It's a slow process, but one they wouldn't trade for anything. Ask your local retailer for White Birch beers or... Go to whitebirchbrewing.com. Our friends at White Birch Brewing are as passionate about beer as the Cigar Authority is about food? No. Cigars. Cigars. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a patch of land in Cuba located exactly at the latitude and longitude of 22 degrees north by 83 degrees west, where you will find Hacienda El Corojo, a plantation that once grew the best tobacco in all of the world. Today, these fields are not producers of tobacco any longer, but the seeds from their prize-winning plants still exist today. 2283 is a cigar brand that uses authentic El Corojo seed in its entire five-country blend. Nicaraguan, Honduran, Dominican El Corojo filler, certified Costa Rican Corojo binder, and finished off with lush, oily, Brazilian El Corojo seed wrapper, all from the seeds of the mother plants. 2283 come uncellophaned in wheels of 20, white tissue wrapped in bundles, and then safely placed in cedar cabinet boxes. Find out what's missing in today's cigars. It's El Corojo. 2283 has it certified. One taste, and you'll understand the old flavor you've been longing for. It's back, and it's 2283. Born of cold Russian winters, the wheat of hammer and sickle is hand cleared in the Black Earth region, then dry shipped to the distillery, where masters of the craft distill and filter hammer and sickle six times, transforming the harvest into a smooth, super premium vodka, worthy of its Russian heritage. Hammer and Sickle, Super Premium Vodka, Russian Reborn, 40% alcohol by volume, imported by Clean Spirits, LLC, Massachusetts. Please enjoy responsibly. Confucius. Chinese philosopher teachings have gone from the golden rules to fortune cookies. Confucius say, what you do not wish for yourself, you do not do to others. Confucius say, knowledge is recognizing what you know and what you don't. Profound? Maybe 200 years ago, but today, it's our pleasure to bring you Zing. Zing, 
spelled X-I-N-G, is a whole new smoking sensation. Zing Cigars not only shares medium-bodied, rich flavor from its deep, dark wrapper, but it's the deep, dark wisdom from the back of each of its cigar bands. Zing say, man who go to bed with itchy bum, wake up with a smelly finger. Way better than any Chinese fortune cookie, and way better tasting. And just like Chinese food, shortly after you've had it, you'll love to have another. Zing, it's what some call the modern-day fortune cookie. A great cigar with a little something extra. A little fun and a whole lot of flavor. Zing. Oh, yeah, we're back with the Cigar Authority, everybody. Welcome in. And we have the honor right now to be here with the man, as far as I'm concerned. This is the guy that uh, was a uh, had a little bodega in Miami with a brand called the Glory Cubano. He's off on his own with his family now, and he has gone full circle, as far as I'm concerned, with E.P. Carrillo. This is Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Dave. Well, really, thank you so really much. the uh, this couple of days that I spend uh, with yourself and your staff, it's uh, been incredible. Thank you so much for being there. If, if anybody's out there listening and you want to come see Ernesto, he's at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. We're off Route 93, Exit 1. You come to the end of the exit, take a right. We're about a mile down in the end, and we'll be here till 6 o'clock. And we're running a promotion here with uh, Ernie and his son, Ernie, and uh, with all the E.P. Carrillo cigars that are here. And... Uh, how did it start? How did the whole Gloria Cubana thing start? Well, La Gloria Cubana, you know, this is a, a very old Cuban brand that dates back to 1893. And the funny thing is that uh, when my father bought his first cigar factory in a town in Cuba called San Antonio de los Baños, the El Crédito Cigar Factory, La Gloria Cubana's factory was right in that same town. So in 19... 19- 68, when my father decided, you know, he, he came to, uh, from Cuba in 1959, always with a dream of going back to Cuba. And in 1968, you know, he's, you know, he saw the writing on the wall. He says, you know, I'm never going to go back. I'm going to do what I love to do. Because before that, he was doing all types of hard work, all hard jobs. So all of you guys left in 59 before everything left. happened. Yeah, he left in, in March. And my mother in April and I came in, in May of 1959. I was seven years old. Uh, so when you say the Godfather, you know I am old, but I'm not that old. Yeah. I'm not Marlon Brando. Old. <laughs> so, but anyway, so you know we started the factory. Uh, he registered La Gloria in 1972, I believe. And in 1980, unfortunately, he passed away. I took over the uh, business, and I started promoting that brand. Before that, we had the El Credito, which was sold locally in all the uh, bodegas in Miami, the small uh, cafeterias. Your dad started right in that same spot? Right in that same spot with your visitors a a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, um, uh, you know, it's funny because at that time, the brand that we would sell nationally, and when I say naturally, we had three distributors. We had Premier Cigars in in Philadelphia. We had uh, Old Chicago Smoke Shop. And... Jay Minx in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. How about Brick Hanauer that was up here in Massachusetts? Brick Hanauer, I started, yeah, later on. I saw when oh, you I did started, yourself? I started with him. Okay. Yeah. That was a local guy that, that was used a local to be up guy. here. Yeah. yeah. 
Harry Britt, yeah, great guy. He always, you know, helped us a lot in, uh, you know, distributing our cigars uh, all over this area, as a matter of fact. So was Gloria Cubana what was sold in, in the Air Force locally, or it was a different brand? No, Lo Gloria Cubana, uh, what was sold locally was El Credito El and El Rico Habano. And La Gloria Cubana, I started promoting that after I took over the business. Uh, about 1982, I went to my first uh, RTDA. Yeah. Remember, I don't know if you remember Me, those days. I was I didn't get in until 1985, so that was before my time. Well, so I probably saw you in one of those shows. Yeah, yeah. You didn't buy any cigars from me at that time that I remember. Uh, I got in with you probably 1990 or 1990. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, we were, uh, you know, we used to go to the shows, one in San Francisco and one in New York, and I was promoting always La Gloria Cubana. Uh, and it wasn't really till 1992 that... Uh, you know, La Gloria Cubana, like you mentioned before, because of Cigar Aficionado, uh, we got a very high score on the Wavo, and after that, you know, it just was uphill yeah, uh, all I'll the way. Say. And in 96, I decided to open up a factory in Dominican Republic until 99 when, you know, Swedish Mass General Cigar bought me out. Yeah. Now, you couldn't have made very many cigars in that little spot that you were. I mean, you guys were working and cranking out of there. I, rem I remember, you know, everybody with their head down and the little coffee breaks, yeah, which exactly. was a, with a little shot of coffee. <laughs> Boom, back to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you remember those days because, you know, you used to buy cigars for us during that time. Right. We sent your cigars in bundles. Right. We couldn't get boxes. I mean, yeah. it was... Uh, it was incredible. Serious growing pains. It was. Yeah. It was very serious. Uh, you know, you're speaking about uh, the Internet, I mean, computers and stuff and Microsoft. At that time, our system was QuickBook. Okay. Because, you know, we weren't savvy enough to know what Microsoft was or any yeah. new modern technology that was going on at that time. So, you know, 99, uh, they bought us out. And... Um, I worked with General for about nine years. You know, had it, uh, it was a great experience working for, uh, you know, a large corporation like that. And then finally, um, 2008, I decided to leave uh, and start. Uh, actually, you know, when I left, my idea was to form a boutique company that would make cigars for other people. And, you know, I had a lot of people that wanted me to make cigars for them. Like stores? Individual no, no, stores? No, manufacturers. Okay. Like, you know, Padilla and, um, you know, all the boutique brands. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't actually make cigars themselves. Right. They have somebody else make the cigar. And since all were made in, in Nicaragua, I thought that, you know, me being in Dominican would be a good alternative for them to have, you know, different boutique brands from both countries, Nicaragua, uh, Honduras, and Dominican Republic. So during that period, um, my son and, and my daughter... Uh, you know, they started kind of questioning if that was the right thing to do. So basically what I told them was, look, you know, I've been through this, uh, you know, basically at that time, you know, my daughter was helping me. Ernie was, you know, he was away in school. My wife was helping me. And I said, you know, this is basically, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this as a one-man operation. And, you know, I may know about tobacco, but I don't know hoots about, you know, finance or general ledgers or any of that type of stuff. Right. So... This is the way the business end of it. You can make business. a great cigar, but the business end is serious, it, tough serious, business. You know, yeah. Nowadays, you have to, you know, it's not like when I started that you could get away with using QuickBooks. Nowadays, you have to have all the sophistication that goes into, you know, finance and IT and sales and right. distribution, all that type of stuff. So they said, uh, well, you know, what if we got involved in it? And I said, well, you know, you kids are making a lot of money. 
and yeah, your two, jobs. And two, two successful children that did very well, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, you sure you want to get into this? You know, you're not, you're not going to make, you know, half of what you're making, even less. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a hard fight. Now, the funny thing is that, you know, I always never try to involve them in the business when I was, you know, when I had my own business because I always, you know, had the feeling that, you know, if you love something enough and you like it, you know, sooner or later you're going to come back to it. And needless to say, it's in their blood. So, so they worked there with you? They, they were always coming in the store? They were always coming in the store, you know. Because uh, of true family business. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, like Ernie after school, he would come in and, and you know, do his work in the store, help the mother do the, the, uh, the boxes and that type of stuff. And he said, you know, she would handle the, the computer and uh, she had her side business with the ashtrays, <laughs> yeah. which is funny because, you know, one time, you know, about two years ago, I said, you know, you know, that ashtray business, that really wasn't that big of a deal. She says, well, you know, Dad, I made about $80,000. Wow. And that kind of got me upset because I said, well, how come you made me pay for your school then? <laughs> uh, you should pay, you should pay for your own school, you know? But anyway, uh, so, you know, we all got involved. And uh, in 19, 2009, March of 2009, that was when I was completely free uh, to do basically what I want. Well, actually, it was six months before when my non-compete ended. And I started. That was a long non-compete. It was well. It was supposedly it was two years, and I worked for the two years. But my non-compete was really uh, eighteen months. So six months before I I, I left uh, General, I was able to go out and source tobacco and you know. But this was nine years ago. Nine. No, no. My non-compete was two years. I worked three years, and then I signed another three years, and when my non-compete was up was due, you know, General asked me to stay on and work through my non-compete. Oh, okay. So, so I worked through my non-compete. Okay. So I had, you know, had no, uh, really, you know, just worked through the whole period there. And your job with General Cigar was to not handle any of that business end of it, but just to make, blend and, and watch right. over the factory? Or exactly. Yeah. I, was, I was in charge of uh, buying the tobacco, uh, you know, blending cigars, coming out with new products, and... Basically, that's when, uh, you know, the company, after we were taken over by General Cigar, because of the distribution, all the marketing, you know, started to grow tremendously. Yeah. Ernesto, when, yes. you, some, when you wake up, like, do you ever wake up in the middle of the night and go, I have it. This is going to be the new cigar. This is the blend. Do you, well, do you like, dream about the, the flavor of tobaccos or like a know, chef would? It, it's funny because, you know, Cigars is, is, uh, has a life of its own. Tobacco has a life of its own. And you may try a blend today, and you'll say, it's great. But I've learned that you have to give, really, when you do a new blend, you have to give it a process of about anywhere from 30 to 60 days to have that tobacco really settle. And that's when you're going to get the true flavor and you know profiles of what the cigar is going to be like. And sometimes you think you have it, after that time period, and you smoke a cigar, say, you know, this is something's, you know, not right here. So, I mean, it's, it's a never-ending, you know, like, I'm never satisfied with anything, which is bad, and it's good, because I'm always trying to improve on, on, you know, and it may not be, you know, changing tobacco, it may be, you know, the positioning of a leaf, or adding half a leaf here, or taking half a leaf away. Right. So, you know, it's, you never 100% settle on, on a blend. Sure. And it's, uh, you know, and I wake up at nights, you know, uh, and, and I think to myself, you know, I got to do this 
I'm going to call tomorrow and have them do this. And it's not only, you know, making the cigars, it's the whole aspect of the whole process, the tobacco, the fermentation. Uh, you know, so it's, it's a constant. Do you uh, supervise the fermentation process as well? Yes, yes. I have, uh, you know, I have people with me that are in the factory, and, and, and you met them down there when you were down there yeah. last week. And, uh, you know, people there have been with me, you know, 15 years. So they pretty much know what I want, but I'm still always involved. Yeah. And, you know, so some of the guys in your new factory have been with you from, from yes, earlier well, on? Yes, all the uh, top guys. Um, you took the cream of the crop. You're the New York Yankees. I didn't take them. You know, they kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I said take them. <laughs> they, they go where they want to go. Right, I did take them. Yeah. <laughs> went, no, no, I didn't take them. I mean, you know, there was, you know, I mean, I spoke to the people in general. You know, I told them before. And these people, they just wanted to work with us. And we have cigar makers there that uh, most of the cigar makers we have are new. Uh, of the old cigar makers, you know, any cigar maker that we that we bring on are people that even though they've worked with other companies, you know, they're okay. The other companies are okay yeah. and allow them to work with us. So that way we work, you know, very closely. Sure. You know? Do, you, do you get ideas for making cigars from, you know, everything in tobacco is about the flavor. So when you're eating, like what it would – talk me, I guess, through the process of coming up with a new blend. How is it that you – are you looking for certain flavors? Does it is it to like your palate? Are you are you doing it to what you like, or are you envisioning? Well, you know it. It you know first of all, I have to make something that I'm going to enjoy because, like everything in life, you know, if you have a product that you don't smoke or that you don't enjoy, you know, people buying it, they're not going to have that confidence mm. in what you're doing. So I have to like it, but again, I have to think of what the market out there wants also. So right, you know, because I it's ever changing. It's ever changing. Yeah. I mean. You've been in this business 25 years, you know, like myself. You know how every few years there's an evolution. There's something new coming out that people uh, are attracted to. And then you have to do something that's similar but with your signature. Mm. And always at one time when I started, mild cigars were the trend. And then now, yeah. you know, fuller body cigars. Well, in Gloria Cubana, everything was mild in those days. And Gloria Cubana was the full-bodied boutique cigar. Exactly. And boutique cigars, being in the cigar industry, boutique cigars were not selling in cigar stores. It was big brand names that were on, around for hundreds of years with all that sold. And then all of a sudden was this little guy in Miami that has a place. And, and this is his cigar. And... It became the rage. I mean, you have th that was the first thing that paved the way. I don't think you'd have ninety percent of the cigars we have if it wasn't for Gloria Cubana, because all of a sudden, the like um, microbrew beers type type of thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody's drinking Budweiser and Miller and everything like that, and all of a sudden, um, Sam, Sam Adams, Adams comes out, out yeah. and then all of a sudden they paved the way. And that that's what I believe you did. Uh, and and not only helped every little boutique cigar brand that's out there that is becoming unbelievably big and, and popular, but it, it's uh, for the cigar store that it's no longer going to a cigar store and people are looking for just the regular brand. Right. People, uh, it's a candy store now, a cigar store. And it's one of this and one of that, and it is changed for much, much better the entire industry. And I, I, I got to sure. For yeah. sure. You know, it's like... Uh, the cigar industry has become very much like the wine industry, too, Good. In, in a yeah. lot of aspects, you know. There's no, you know, one particular wine nowadays that people, you know, are going to buy constantly. I mean, they'll buy a box, but then they'll go on to the next thing. With cigars, you have sort of that same thing, 
but to a certain degree the cigar smokers if he finds something he likes he'll be loyal to that brand although he'll try other things also right i see it in the store they'll buy a box of their regular and then a handful of things they want to try exactly even if you like filet mignon you love it. You don't eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every exactly. day. Exactly. So th- there's different things. Did, uh, did LaGloria, LaGloria Cubana, did that sell well in Miami as well when it blew up? Did, it, did you see it slow down in Miami as it was blowing up everywhere else, or did it stay hot there and everywhere else? Well, LaGloria Cubana, uh, you know, when it blew up like that, uh, we, you know, we'd open up at 6 a.m. because, you know, we were like, they were saying we had, you know, we had maybe at that time like 20, 30 cigar makers, you know, to try to fill the demand right. worldwide, basically. And, uh, you know, people used to uh, get there at 6 in the morning to buy a bundle. Wow. And yeah. this was, you know, this went on for, you know, to 2 o'clock. And then in the afternoon, you know, sometimes we'd have to work to 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night, you know, and you still have people coming by buying cigars so i mean it was popular n- not everywhere. only na- everywhere because we see up here you know boutique brands um like cameron sickle you know it's it's popular here in this store but not every store around here carries it right. and you know eric hansen's a local guy so i just was curious if that if that happened everywhere or if it was just uh well it was different at that time a lot of competition there right on that street yeah yeah I mean, there was but you know yeah. at that time the 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 boutique thing was new did, were you the only store to carry La Gloria Cubana in that No, area? we had, we had, you know, we had, uh, you know, some people around us carry it, but there weren't that many cigar stores like there are today, because it was during that boom period that people were just kind of catching up, and a lot of, you know, new companies came in during that period, and you know, some stayed and some, you know, didn't make the uh, the uh, after the boom passed away, you know, yeah. they couldn't stay in business. Now, the yeah. the height of your production when you were just in Miami before you went to the Dominican. What was the most cigars you could pump out in a year? In Miami, the most we made uh, was 1.2 million. Okay, and so this was working, you know, day, night, and at all times. So at that point, you say there's no way we can possibly do it in the United States. Not only for the 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 production numbers, but the cost is dramatically more for the labor cost. costs. Yeah, at that time, even even now, you know, the the labor costs in, in the United States is, you know, it's really very high. It's prohibitive. It's not so much the the labor as, you know, electricity, rent, insurance. Right. That's what really goes along with it. And and that was quite a while. Let me tell you, I I stayed in the business in the U.S., and it's crazy. It is. It's it's impossible to end up having a $6, $7 cigar in the United States. It would be impossible to have have it made in the United States. Right. To have it made, yeah. Uh, You know, some people are doing it, uh, and... But, you know, they have to charge more for the cigars because, sure. you know, it is more expensive. But it's not necessarily that much better. I mean, you're charging $3 more per se, you know, for a cigar, and it's not $3 better. It's the same as well, a the, cheaper cigar the thing from is, another you country. Know, the thing is that, uh, you know, in, in Miami, you know, needless to say, there's a lot of, you know, excellent cigar makers, Cuban cigar makers. And But nowadays, you know, you go to Nicaragua, you go to Dominican, you go to Honduras, and basically, you know, they're just as good. We're using the same techniques, the intubado, the triple cap, yeah. which we do in our factory. I, I saw the picture on the wall, the drawing. There's a drawing of a cigar yeah, yeah. with the cap exactly how it's, it's supposed to be. And I asked the guy, I said, what's up with this? He said, when we see something wrong, we take the guy over to it and say, does this look like that? <laughs> oh, 
that. That no sounds good. a lot like someone I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It's pretty funny. There it is, it right is. in the front. Yeah. And, and you know, one thing that we do, you know, we don't we don't only do that, but we also limited our productions, because you know, needless to say, we want our people to make uh, money, but we want them to make excellent quality cigars. So our production, our top uh, limit is like 250, 275 cigars. Yeah, instead of rolling 400 cigars in a day, exactly. slow down, do it right. Let's do it right. Exactly. You know, we're here to have fun. You know, we want you to make the, you know, whatever you make, making 400 cigars, you're going to make the same here or even a little bit more. Sure. This is so, the third time you've come up and we've had to compare your cigar to the picture. So now we remember when you used to work for us. Right. You oh, can go yeah. work for those guys down the street now. Yeah. There's, there's other places you can go. <laughs> but, but let me tell you a funny story. Um, about three months ago, okay, we have now about 40 people working for us and about three months ago we couldn't get our production above 3,000 cigars and we talk at that time we had about 36 people <clears throat> so I got them all together and I said to them you know I envisioned something for this factory I envisioned something for this country that unfortunately I don't think that we're going to be able to achieve with you guys because you know I think you guys are just as good or better than any cigar makers in the world but I see that, you know, you guys are, you know, making, they were making 200 cigars, you know, 225 cigars. And, we you know, we weren't meeting the demand. So I said, you know, I'm giving up. I'm going to let you guys work the way that you want to work, the way that you feel you should work, and it will be on your conscience. Oh. But, you know, uh, needless to say, I am disappointed because I thought that with you guys I would be able to achieve you know, my dream of having the, you know, the cigars like they make in Cuba and, you know, all the little things that they do that make Cuba what it, what it, what it was. So after I finished my, my uh, speech there, they come back to me. One guy says, he says, you know, I'm not going to change the way I'm working. If the other guys want to do it, fine. And I, I, so I got goosebumps. All of a sudden, all the cigar makers says, you know, we're with them. We want to keep doing this even if we make less money. We're going to do the way that you envisioned this doing. I mean, that was like a turning point in this whole thing. Within two days, the first day they made 4,900 uh, 4, cigars that day. The following days they made about 4,700. And then after that, they've been, you know, steadily 4,000, 5, cigars a day. Oh. And it was so that's the key right there. I learned something. You guys over there, two guys employees, you better watch out. It's on, your, con- it's on your conscious. You. It's on your conscious. Yeah, if you want to be a regular cigar maker, fine. If you want to be the premier, work for the premier cigar company, then this is the we, standard. we need to step up. We That's need to, awesome. And they all stepped up. Tremendous. Is that, well, I'll tell you, looking at that factory, and I, and I went and visited a whole bunch over the years I've seen it all, it's the cleanest. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into the, the aging room, with the, the cedar walls and the tile on the floor, the most beautiful tile I ever saw. It's a pretty empty factory because there's, there's so much room for growth. I, I can imagine going there a few years from now, and I know what I'm going to end up seeing, every space taken up and, and filled up. Sure. Uh, you have enough room there to well, be. Well, with all of his employees feeling guilty about their production, <laughs> right. they're going to kick it into high gear any minute now. Yeah. This is going to be something. This is the great part of the cigar industry is watching the growth of all the companies exactly. over the years. We got in the, in the 80s, and cigars were going down every single year. I mean, you exactly. were. Exactly. It, it was. 
was, you know, people think you're crazy getting into a uh, dying business at the time. It makes the turn. It goes up. And, and I know for myself as a retailer, I have high expectations for myself, but I exceeded my highest expectation. I never thought that, that I would ever be where I am today. And I don't know. How do, how do you feel? Did you ever think you would sell out to a giant company? And No, actually, I never wanted to sell out. Uh and, you know, before I, I sold to Swedish Match, I had, you know, four or five other companies that wanted to buy me out. And, and I always said, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. But, you know, after a while, my, my son was in, in school. Uh, my daughter was in New York working. And I said, you know, maybe this is the way to go. And I saw the company. Um, they paid me, you know, uh, I'm not going to say what they paid me, but, um, you know, they a paid lot. me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why, you know, that's, you know, but I really never wanted to sell. It actually, it took me about a year and a half to two years to really say, okay. Make the decision. Did they, they guilt you into it? Well, no, they, they, they found like out the Godfather say, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Yeah. So I said to myself, well, you know, I mean, this is once in a lifetime opportunity. Yes. And um, it, it certainly was you know, the talk it, of the industry when that know, happened. But, you know, it never is. It's, it's funny because you think this is a one in But I'm sure that if I would have sold three, four, five years later, I could have probably gotten the same amount or more. Because, yeah, you, you know, when you do Everybody tries to sell, sell at the absolute top, you know. Right, right. But... You, uh, you can't hit at the very peak. You can't. So I said, let's, let's do it now. And, uh, and, you know, things worked out great. I'm very happy that I made that decision. Well, and now we're going to watch what you do with uh, EP Carrillo. And I know uh, it's going to be awesome to watch what's going to happen because I know it's going to turn into one of the biggest brands in the world. There's no doubt about it. That's that it wants. The first time's the hottest time. It is. This time. It is. And having your family, what better thing than this, that, that they did this? It's that makes it a lot easier because, you know, it takes a lot of uh, the responsibility from me. And, you know, now I can just uh, focus on, you know, making cigars, buying tobacco, and, you know, the rest is, is on them. Is them. And, you know what, you must be a good dad for, for them to, to leave what they did to go along with you, and I think it's a, an honor it is. To, it to, is. to do this to you. So, and, and wonderful. wonderful. And I have great kids, which is, you know, that's a blessing in itself. So, It's and nice, I think, sometimes to work with family because you don't have to worry about what's going on back at the store because you can exactly. trust them. Exactly. Right. That's they're not just there for the money. They're there for the love. And so, you know, you can almost turn your back on your business and do what you do and let them do what they do and trust that they're going to hold up there in exactly. the bargain. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's very important, you know. And in any business, you gotta have people that you can trust, and people that are gonna help you. You know, they see into your vision, and uh, you know they're gonna help you achieve that vision. And by the same time, they're going to also benefit from it. And you know, not only uh, money-wise, but you know, personally. Oh, you gotta leave the legacy for them, and they'll exactly. be the next one. So it'll be great. Well, it's an honor to have you here. I thank can't you thank much. you enough for even coming, visiting the store, but for doing the show with us. And thank this you. Is fantastic. We're not worthy. <laughs> That's right. We're not worthy is right. If you want to come and see Ernie, he's going to be here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, until 6 o'clock tonight. Stop on by and say hello to him. This is a legend in the industry. Believe me. Thank you. Um, and we're going to have his son on and, uh, when we come back from the break, and we'll see what he has to say about his dad and what the future is of the company and the brands coming out in the future. So stick around. Thanks for joining us on the Cigar Authority. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. All right. The pressure. Great.
the back of the box is where all the bull goes. But in this case, there's no box. It's a bundle. A bundle of Desperado cigars. As a matter of fact, there's no band, no fancy ads, no promotions, or any bull at all. Because that costs money. And Desperado cigars are about saving you money. These are not first quality cigars. Not seamless, not perfect, or spectacular in any way. They are not made with tobaccos aged for 12 years, nor have they some secret fermentation process. This is second quality tobacco made in the Dominican Republic that was formed into a cigar for you to cut, light, and enjoy without breaking the bank. We think they taste pretty good for the money. They'll smoke pretty well, and they are so affordable, it wouldn't kill you to hand one to a friend or two to enjoy with you. Desperado Cigars. They'll keep the bugs away and provide you with a nice, inexpensive smoke to experience for about a buck a cigar. Desperado. Attention all business owners and entrepreneurs. Looking to grow your business or increase sales? Well, here's your chance to get in on the ground floor of our exclusive radio show, The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority is broadcast across four powerful radio stations throughout New England and across the globe via podcast and live video stream. Team up with the Cigar Authority Radio Network and start connecting with our vast and dynamic audience of educated consumers with disposable income. For advertising and business opportunities designed to take your business to the next level, call me, Chuck Morrison, today at 603-630-8041. That's 603-630-8041. Or send us an email at ads at thecigarauthority.com. Look, if there's one thing that's true about the Cigar Authority listeners, it's that they all enjoy the finer things in life. And that most certainly includes your product or service. Hi, I'm Mr. Jonathan, the owner and operator of MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com. MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ or sound production. We do everything from weddings to backyard barbecues, boat cruises to theme parties. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we have a package to fit your needs. Shoot me an email at info at MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com or call me at 603-475-1391. That's 603-475-1391. True or false? You don't have to spend a lot for a great cigar. True! Well, it's not true anymore, thanks to Dos Ombre Cigars. For over 20 years now, Dos Ombre has been the best bang for your buck brand, period. And with Dos Ombre, there's something for everyone. Try the mild white-banded Dos Ombre Dominican, or the fuller-body green-banded Dos Ombre Nicaraguan, or how about the red-banded Dos Ombre Honduran, available in natural or deep dark Maduro. Now with sizes for everyone, there's something for everyone. Handmade, long-filled, premium cigars in cost-saving bundles because you can't smoke the box. Dos Ombre, the best bang for your buck premium cigar, period. Now available in flavors. Try Dos Ombre flavors for something sweet. This is the Cigar Authority. I'm kind of a big deal. The authority on everything cigar. You will respect my authority. Featuring cigar liberties from every major cigar brand. We have with us Christian Aroa. Rocky Patel. Victor Vitale. Eric Hansen. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Nick 
Perdomo. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Saka. Here's Jesus Fuego. Joe Cusano. WWE Hall of Famer, Nikolai Volkov. It's the rock star, Pete Johnson. Jorge Padron. With your host, David Garofalo. That's me. This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. And his friends. That's you. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The one and only Cigar Authority. We are the Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. Damn it, motherfuckers, it's the Cigar Authority. Okay. All right, we're back with the Cigar Authority, and we're going from the old to the new. Uh, welcome, everybody, if you're first joining into us. This is a two-hour radio show. We're on the second hour about premium cigars and uh, topics of the day, guy stuff, when guys are sitting around cigar stores and talking. This is what we talk about. And I want to say hello to uh, all the stations that are tuning into us right now on the Cigar Authority Radio Network, WWZN 1510 The Zone in Boston, WGHM 900 The Game in Nashua, New Hampshire, WARL, that's 1320 Positive Energy in Providence, Rhode Island, and WGAM 1250 ESPN Radio in Manchester, New Hampshire. Along with that, we are live streaming video. And if you want to see this mess, you can always tune to Ustream.tv or catch us on thecigarauthority.com. We are podcasted for your enjoyment to take with you at the price of absolutely zero. It's there for you at any time on podbean.com. And if you don't like it, we'll give you your money back. All of it. All zero you can get back. And all the old shows are actually on Ustream.tv also, or you can go on the Cigar Authority and catch the old shows if that's what you want. This is a great show. We just had Ernesto Perez Carrillo, the guy that brought us Gloria Cubana and now the E.P. Carrillo cigar brand. He did this in conjunction with his family, his son, and his daughter. And with us right now is his son, Ernesto Carrillo III. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And uh, you left a, a great job to go with Dad. Yeah, you know, it's funny because growing up, me and my sister pretty much spent, you know, every single day in the cigar factory. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know how young I was. And it wasn't always necessarily working. It was just doing my homework in the attic, the basement. But bottom line is, you know, we were there every single day. Um, it was obviously, you know, very, uh, it was crazy during the time of the boom. You know, people lined up outside, right. celebrities coming in. So needless to say, it left a very strong impression on me. And I remember when my dad started getting offers to, uh, you know, people wanted to buy out the business. He genuinely didn't want to sell for the life of him. Yeah. And I remember I had just applied or got into college to Stanford in California. And, you know, as much as he said he never pressured us, which he didn't, yeah. you know, he was definitely, well, if you tell me you want to stay, I won't sell the business. Right? <laughs> so obviously it was a big price tag on him not wanting to sell the business right, for me right. to stay. But needless to say, you know, he ended up selling and uh, me and my sister went off and kind of did our own thing. So I was in California for college, and then I was working in New York City for about six years. I was working at a consulting firm there, McKinsey & Company, and then uh, private equity at uh, KKR. Uh-huh. Um, and then basically when my dad you know, started getting the itch that he wanted to go out on his own again, um, you know, at this point he really didn't pressure us. It really was something that just came naturally. So it wasn't like the cigar rollers. He didn't guilt trip you into it. No, 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 no. <laughs> How was he with your homework, though? Was he on you about the homework? Now, if that's the kind of, you want to take home bees, that's yeah. fine. No, no, no. I think he was more on with I'm the packing the cigars, making sure the label was all right and uh, yeah, the boxes. <laughs> that's more what I helped out with, with my mom and shipping them and stuff like that. We're going to light up a cigar right now. This is the, uh, the 2010 Limitada. Yep. Tell us about this as we light it up. This one, it's a Brazil Habano wrapper. 
it's a Dominican binder, and then the fitter is all Nicaragua. Uh, it's really the first time my dad uses a, a wrapper from Brazil, uh, so that makes it, uh, you know, something that's different for us. And it's uh, it's a medium to full, very full flavored cigar. It's got an underlying sweetness to it, uh, very different than all of our cigars really, uh, but something we enjoy very much. We made a thousand boxes of these, so ten thousand cigars in total. That's it. And uh, honestly, one size, one, one size only. Once six they're by gone, they're gone. And honestly, with this one, you know, we uh, you know we came out with it more or less around the same time as our core line. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't want to make too many of them because obviously it's, you know, we wanted to focus mainly on the core, which is what we're going to have around year-round and obviously be our bread and butter. So we did a 1,000 boxes, and it was funny. We went to the trade show. The demand was ridiculous. We ended up taking orders for three times that amount. Oh, my. Unfortunately, we made the boxes in Asia, so it took, you know, four months to get them. So, you know, it, it was what it was, which is 1,000 yeah. boxes. Uh, but it's something we're very excited about. So everybody place you. This is like the old days of La Gloria Cubana. When I would order La Gloria Cubano, I'd say, I want 10 boxes of Wavell Natural, 10 boxes of Maduro. I would get three and three. <laughs> yeah. you'd, you'd get this. So I quickly learned that I would order much more than I wanted. You're get, yeah, yeah. And then I would get what I wanted in the first place. Did yeah. that ever come back and bite you in the butt? You end up ordering 30 boxes of everything no, and then a- deliver. After, after it was uh, not the whole time he had it because he couldn't keep up with production, but when General Cigar took over the production, I knew that they would bang these things out. And my, and my worry at that time was there's no way you're going to make 10 million cigars the same way you made the 1 million cigars. It's going to end up changing. And did it? It changed to not to a bad degree, though. It changed, but what came out was the next thing, which was the Gloria Cubana Series R. And it exceeded, in my opinion, the great cigar that it already was. And I was shocked because you expect it to end up, you know, the next thing is going to be nearly what, what the old one was, and Series R was fantastic. Now, it was still Ernesto working on it, though, right? Yes. Okay, so there's the reason. The, the problem is going to be now, Ernesto was not there anymore. And we're going to end up seeing what's happening. So we'll end up we'll, – we'll, we'll watch that closely anyway. But Yeah, and, uh, they, and they, they – I mean, they have a very good team there. they got a great oh, yeah. group of guys in the factory, so I'm sure they'll, they'll keep it – they'll keep it the same. Yeah. Is it difficult working with your dad because, you, obviously, he's got a legacy and you want to live up to that legacy and you want to do everything as best you can. So I would imagine that it's more pressure than just a regular job where you go in, you punch the clock 9 to 5, and you're done. You know, it's difficult, not necessarily just working for him, but obviously it's just, you know, it's a family-owned business. We all have a lot into it. Yep. Um, in the sense, not financially, more, you know, obviously we, we just want it to be very successful. So needless to say, a stress level is much higher. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's Saturday, Sundays, like Monday, Tuesday, it doesn't make a difference. And he, I mean, he's honestly got the toughest job of all because he spends close to um, 80% of his time in the factory. Sure. And then the other 20% we're out doing events. So he's... Uh, he says it's a good example, so we've got to live up to his high standard. That you do. It, it's a wonderful industry, I'll tell you, because anybody that's ever got out wants back in. Yeah. Uh, it, it's great for me because I always wonder, you know, if I ever sold out or anything, what would I end up doing? You know what I would end up doing? I'd be hanging around a cigar store <laughs> because this is what I love, too. So I'm not for sale because I don't want to take away my toy box, which is the cigar store. You love it. It's a, such a different industry. That's not what happens to a guy that works at the post office, for instance, that it's retirement time, and he's 65 years old and says, you know what, I'm out, but I'd like to stay on a yeah, few more years. He doesn't, he doesn't dream about delivering uh, mail at Christmas right. time. It's, it's a wonderful business, and uh, I, I think you can see it. How old are you now? 28. 28 years old. I started when I was 25. 
myself. And uh, I'm 50 now, and I love the business more than I did before. And apparently your dad does too, and I see it with a lot of people that ended up selling out, and uh, they end up getting back into the business. So you can have your cake and eat it too, and that's what he did. So <laughs> I think it's fantastic. So the, the, the limited edition, and then you came out with a short run. Yeah. A short run brand. What, what's the deal with that cigar? That was actually a, uh, a couple of sizes. Yeah, so basi- sizes. basically what we're doing, we have one core line, which is the EP Korea, the regular line. Which will continue on and on. Continue on and on. And it will always taste what it tastes we, like. I mean, we bought, you know, three, close to three years, four years of tobacco. And the reason is obviously to keep it consistent. Um, yeah. So that's going to taste the same, you know, two years from now, three years from now, you know, five years from now. Um, sure. You know, obviously when we're coming up with this blend for the core line. One of my dad's obviously biggest passion is blending tobacco. So, I mean, he came, you know, he must have done 50 different blends that, you know, at the end of the day, were all equally good. Yeah. Um, so what the concept we came out with was the short run as a way to kind of showcase these different blends, you know, whether it's one short run a year, two, three, obviously depending on what we can do. Um, but it's basically some of these blends that we worked on for the core that we didn't end up doing either because we couldn't secure enough tobacco for or we just, you know, felt this one. It was just basically really a, a function mainly of the tobacco. Um, you know, obviously, you can't buy three years worth of tobacco of everything. Right. So, right. you know, we, we did buy some bales of these different tobaccos, and we'll continue to buy So you say this one is really good. We can't come out with it in a big form, but you know what? Here's a little of it. It's a shame to let it go to waste. It's that exactly, good. Here it yeah. is. What happens? Let's say your dad does decide he wants to retire, but the business continues going on. Who takes over his job? I mean, obviously, I mean, right now he's training, you know, me and my sister. So if that day does come down the line, um, you know, we can obviously take over and run it without him. Any thoughts of you guys putting together your own blend? You know, maybe it's the EPC3 and it's yours and you you blend that one. No, you know, I think with time we probably will. But right now at the end of the day, I mean, you know, we, we still have a lot to learn, obviously. Sure. I mean, he didn't learn well, it. he's over- a legend. He didn't <laughs> learn it overnight. It's, it's you know, going to be some like, big shoes to fill. Yeah, and yeah, like La Gloria Cubana blew up in 92, 93, but obviously it was a long, painful process before sure. that. And obviously I think we have to go through that process as well before we come out with something that, that obviously isn't ready. So I right. think that will take some time. Okay. And your sister's into it, huh? Yeah. Does she's she smoke? It. Yeah, she definitely smokes. Wow. I used to go see her when I'd go down to the factory and I'd go in, in Miami and I'd go down often. I don't remember you. Uh, maybe you were very, very young. and I was and probably hiding in the attic yeah, the basement. But I would see her all the time, and it was, it was so great to see when, when it was announced that you guys were getting in. And I said, oh, my God. I mean, I knew her as a little girl. I mean, little, little girl. And here she is. It's, yeah, it's, it's funny because she it. likes to smoke the big 60 ring gauge one, the Golosos. <laughs> wow. and, I, and I always made fun. I was like, why do you like that size the most? Because, I mean, I, I like the smaller sizes. And it turned out that's the one that got the highest rating. Got a 92 recently, so which is unheard of. A cigar that size. Yeah, they normally it. don't like the big ring gauge cigars. And I'll tell you, cigar aficionado, they not that not that it's not deserving, but they've always had a lot of love for your dad. I mean, there was always good ratings for it. I mean, the, right from the get go, you know, it was like they, they could have picked uh, some old Cuban brand or whatever, and it was Liguori Cubana, and I'm like, wow, what, you know. I got to ask him that story of, of how that happened, that they came into the store and how they approached him and what ended up happening. I always wondered, you know, what did it take for them to have that much attention on it, the story or, or what it was? You know, there's, there's a lot of little guys out there at that time. Yeah. And it was him, you know, by far, and it exploded. It was 
really, really something to see. On uh, this, this cigar I'm smoking now. Very good. Very, very good. It very reminds good. me of uh, the, um, it's going to sound goofy, but uh, like a, a plain donut, a Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> where, you know, you expect it's going to be plain, but if you just eat it by itself, there's a lot of other subtleties that come in. You can taste the nutmegs and, you know, the different textures. You can taste the fattiness from the oil. Uh, this reminds me of that a little bit. He, he comes up with some wild stuff. He does, so you yeah. Know. I don't know his palate, but he's but he's pretty good. He's pretty good anyway. I, I've but seen it. I've, I've heard it. You never heard a so plain yeah. donut. You never heard the plain donut, right? No, but I've heard potato and olives. So. Yeah, <laughs> potato and olives. So for I, this cigar? No, no, for oh, another thank cigar. God. So yeah, because really? I'd be way off base. It not <laughs> taste like a potato or an olive. Now uh, the core line is what you pay attention to, and that's going to be uh, you. You'll, you can bang out as as many as you can or want on that because you have lots and lots of tobacco. So this is the one that's going to continue. Tell us about that cigar. Many sizes. Yeah, this one we did six sizes to start. It's an Ecuador Sumatra wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan binder, and then the filler is Nicaragua Dominican, about eighty-five percent Nicaraguan. Um, prices are between six forty-five to eight seventy. So, obviously, in this economy, we were very price conscious. Yeah. And, and, you know, if we could price it lower, we would have. I mean, obviously, you know, we wanted to price this, so it's a value product. But at the end of the day, it's something that, you know, probably costs us a lot more to make this than, than, than the average cigar. I mean, obviously, we're doing it the Cuban method with the triple cap. Uh, the rollers aren't rolling that much. The tobacco we're buying is, you know, very premium tobacco. Obviously, we're aging it for a long time. Uh, yeah. But it's something we're very excited about. It's, uh, it's very different than his old products. Uh, but obviously similar in strength, but completely different flavors. Sure. And the feedback it, we've gotten so far has been phenomenal. So. Yeah, it's, it has the signature. You know, your dad was talking about the signature. And sometimes we pick up, we blind taste test ourselves. Do you guys do that in the factory? Yeah, blind test. Uh, yeah, just. Oh, he, he's always got cigars in our band. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, you do that. And a lot of times I can smoke a cigar and I can pick out the guy that made the cigar. You know, and... Um, you know, lots of Nicaraguan tobacco. He's used it in here, apparently, right now. They're growing great tobacco in Nicaragua, so that's what he's using. And I see a lot of people using it. I see, uh, actually, the production numbers in, in Nicaragua this year imported were so high compared to um, it, it didn't reach the Dominican Republic, which has always been, you know, so much above everybody else. But it's coming on strong because yeah. they're making great tobacco. So it doesn't matter where the cigar is made. It's the type of tobacco that's made. Your factory happens to be in the Dominican Republic, but you're using lots of Nicaraguan tobacco. Yeah, and there's obviously there's a lot of very good Dominican tobacco as well. Um, you know, obviously now I think the market is moving more, especially for boutique, towards a more full-bodied cigar. Yeah. Um, so Nicaraguan tobacco is giving it that strength, at least in our cigar. So what do you see in the future? What do you got coming out? You know, you, we need some sort of uh, information that maybe your dad doesn't want to tell us, and he's not looking right now. So, uh, you know, some scoop or something. What's well, the next thing? Yeah, you know, the thing with him, again, he's always working on different blends. And we, these blends that he comes up with, we absolutely love them. But the same token, we want to keep things somewhat so it's not too confusing where we have a you know, ton of brands and nobody right. can figure out what this brand is versus that one. Which is different than a lot of companies. Some companies come out with, they have 30 different varieties, and you, can't, you just can't keep track of them. Yeah, so I mean, definitely for next year, um, we're going to have a Maduro in the works for the core line. Oh. And that's something we've been working on for a while. Um, we'll not, do, not just the same cigar with a Maduro wrapper on it, but blended somewhat differently? You know, we're still working on different blends. Yeah. Um, it may end up being the same blend with the Maduro, maybe a yeah. different blend. Obviously, we'll, we'll end up thinking it will we'll, we'll taste the best. Uh, but we've tried several different ones. 
Uh, so that one, uh, the latest we'll come out with that will be the trade show next year. Okay. So July, August. We're also working on a short run for next year as well. Okay. And, um, you know, one of the things, again, you keep hearing, even though it's a very small market, it's a very vo- vocal market, the full body market. Yeah. Um, so, again, he was obviously known for a very strong cigar. And these, these cigars, although they're medium to full, the end of the day, there's obviously much stronger cigars out there uh, nowadays. So for this next short run, we, do, we definitely want to make it something that's very strong that uh, some of these guys are looking for something to punch them in the face. Yeah. <laughs> or they'll get knocked out. So they're asking for it. You'll give it to them. And yeah, see with the short run. You know, it's a small, small quantity. Yeah. Um, something there's definitely a market for at that quantity. What, what I, you know, I would consider the, this a full-bodied cigar, but it has no harshness. It's not uh, so well-balanced. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, Very sweet. And, I find it sweet. And some of these guys that are into really full-body cigars, the, the taste I get of some of these things that they come out is it's, it's underage, under-fermented cigar, and it's harsh. And that is the thought of full-bodied. It's, yeah. it's a harsh cigar, and that is not a full-bodied cigar. This is a full-bodied cigar without any harshness to it. Just flavor. Yeah. So, I mean, if you put raw tobacco in, and th- that's the feeling of, of full-bodied. It's like uh, if you were cooking a turkey because it's... Thanksgiving's coming up. Yeah. You could cook it on 500 degrees and just stuff the thing with garlic and have garlic be the flavor, and it would be very harsh and probably rough and tough. But if you slow cook that turkey, you can introduce other flavors and pull out the subtleties, and and that's what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be interested to see what it is anyway. I mean, your dad knows what he's doing and stuff, but I'm so turned off to that. Yeah, based on your taste, I don't think that'll be one for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it sells. I mean, there's... Only two kinds of cigars, those that sell and those don't that sell, don't. Right. That's it. So, uh, but, you know, a, as a uh, aficionado myself, I mean, I love cigars and I love trying everything, even even strong, hot cigars. I smoke every single thing. I don't, I don't get it when it comes to these, these harsh cigars that uh, it's, it's unenjoyable to me, but there's people out there that buy them. So that's what, that's what you end up doing is, is uh, making a harsh cigar and see, see if... No, and then our full body won't be harsh. I mean, yeah. it'll still be very aged tobacco. It's just obviously yeah. very strong. Yeah, you know the, uh, uh, not to bring up another brand name, but the Oliva V, for instance. There is a full, full body cigar without harshness Very to smooth, it. Yeah. yeah. But then you get into, and I don't want to say names of things that are harsh and awful, but there's, there's stuff out there that, that's full body. They say it's very, very full bodied. I don't think it's full bodied. I think it's just harsh. Well, it's funny. I mean, some people, again, everybody's got different tastes. I know with the Rico Bono, I was talking to someone who uh, used to work with my dad who runs a store now, and he said that was his favorite cigar, and every time he smoked, he threw up. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's showing me a cigar right now to say, okay, here's, here's one. Here, beat this one up. Yeah, yeah, I can't. That's my friend. Yeah, yeah, they're all my friends, and, that, and that's the thing. But I say it to them when it, when it comes out, and you may hear from me when the, when the full-bodied cigar comes out, and I go, Forget it. It's not for me. And no, and what we want is, again, in, an, in a way that makes sense to have a product for all the different segments and niches out there. Um, a Connecticut is also something we've been looking at. Uh, I know my dad gave you a prototype yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Um, so that would be interesting. Uh, I know he made a, a special run of Connecticut Glory Cubanas uh, years ago. About seven, eight years ago, he came up here, and we had a trunk show, what they call a trunk show, and they had... Uh, La Gloria Cubana with Cameroon on it, which was a sweet-tasting little uh, uh, little shaped cigar. It was awesome. And I bought a ton myself. I still have some. And a Connecticut Shade um, Torpedo uh, Bellicoso. Outstanding. Outstanding. 
and they just never came out with it. It would have been a big, big winner. I know it would have been, but Glory Cubana was known as a full-body cigar, so he was just maybe call it a short run or whatever it was, but maybe do a, a short run mild cigar. Yeah, no, that's a, that's another it's another good way to test you know the right, market out there right. and see what the response Jeez, is. A, a thousand boxes, that's not bad at all to. Yeah, I mean honestly, some. even with the uh, the short run that we came out with first, the blend is very similar to the core line. So when we had such a positive response from that, obviously we felt much more comfortable coming out the core line uh, and knowing that it was ready. So even a Connecticut short run may be something that we do before we come out with a with the full line. All right, so you full body guys out there, that's what you got to look forward to. There's going to be a real powerhouse coming out, and uh, maybe you'll throw up. Or, you know, <laughs> be, that'll be a huge success. Uh, Thank you so much for coming. I wish you the most success you, you can much. possibly get. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you. We're going to go to break right now. We come back. We'll tell you uh, some events coming up and things that are happening in the cigar industry. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few minutes on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. Stick around. Fleur de Lorraine. She came from the streets of Paris. Fleur de Lorraine is a magnificent jewel of a cigar with a contemporary French style and prestige. Fleur de Lorraine marries rare, aged tobaccos in old world craftsmanship. Fleur de Lorraine. Deep layers of lush tobaccos fuse in a symbol of charismatic intensity for luxurious expression with no concession. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover Fleur de Lorraine's rich, bold taste with a little European flair. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover the extraordinary craftsmanship behind every Fleur de Lorraine. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover Fleur de Lorraine's elegance, charm, and value. Fleur de Lorraine, now available in natural or Maduro. Discover Fleur de Lorraine cigars at fine tobacconists everywhere. Fleur de Lorraine. Fleur de Lorraine. From the streets of Paris to you. Let me ask you a serious question. Do you like what you're doing for a living? Are you sick of being in the rat race, living life on other people's terms? Hi, this is Chuck Morrison from MakingMountainsMove.com, and I challenge you to take back control of your life and make mountains move to live the life that you were meant to live. If you have a dream, a burning desire, but feel miles away from living it, I can help. You see, I used to be a stressed out corporate slave with time for everyone but me and my family until I made the decision to follow my heart and pursue my passion. Today, I'm living life on my terms and helping people achieve the same in record time. Look, you have a purpose to serve in this life, and I can guarantee you it's not to be stuck inside of some job or some career that's sucking the life right out of you. It's time for you to take back control of your life. It's time for you to make mountains move. Take the first step today. Head on over to makingmountainsmove.com and sign up for my free number one secret to help you get out of your job and into your dream. It's time for you to make mountains move. I say, sir, enjoying a good cigar shouldn't cost you a fortune, and it doesn't have to when you light up a classic. Classic brand cigars are priced right, and there is a blend or size just right for you. Classic Connecticut is a mild and smooth smoke, while the classic Maduro is deep, dark, and delicious. The classic Cameroon has a hint of natural sweetness, 
that will keep you coming back for more and more. But it's the classic Cuban that is bold and full-flavored, just like the classic Cuban cigars from before the embargo. Every classic blend is available in four classic sizes. The Robust, Toro, Churchill, and Torpedo. But whichever one you choose, a classic cigar will guarantee you a smooth and easy draw. Classic cigars. The name says it all, sir. The ads are all over TV and radio. Foreclosure, default, loan modification. If you're having trouble making your mortgage payments before you give up, ruin your good name, and lose your home, you need to call Paul Antonelli, that short sale guy. As a Coldwell Banker agent, Paul specializes in helping people sell their home in a short sale. You see, a short sale is a complicated transaction most real estate agents don't understand. Not every homeowner can qualify for a short sale, and some lose valuable time and money when they try the short sale process only to find that they don't qualify. Paul understands the process and knows the steps for a successful short sale. When you call, Paul will cover all the necessary details and tell you if a short sale is possible on your property. Remember the name, Paul Antonelli, or go to thatshortsaleguy.com and watch Paul's informational videos. Then call and let his expertise guide you to a successful short sale. You're at your computer now, so go to thatshortsaleguy.com. Paul Antonelli and the short sale team. Go to thatshortsaleguy.com. Born of cold Russian winters, the wheat of hammer and sickle is hand-cleared in the Black Earth region, then dry-shipped to the distillery, where masters of the craft distill and filter hammer and sickle six times, transforming the harvest into a smooth, super-premium vodka, worthy of its Russian heritage. Hammer and sickle, super-premium vodka, Russian reborn. 40% alcohol by volume, imported by Clean Spirits, LLC, Massachusetts. Please enjoy responsibly. And we are back with the Cigar Authority. Hi, everybody. 617-237-1234 is the phone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, big day here. Ernesto and Ernesto Carrillo from EPC Cigars uh, here. We're at uh, Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire today. It is, uh, if you want to come by, they'll be here till 6 o'clock. And uh, if you want to come by uh, to meet them and try one of their cigars, we are on Exit 1 off Route 93 in Salem, New Hampshire. Take a right at the end of the exit, go down about a mile, and you'll see Two Guys Smoke Shop there. And as I said, we'll be here till 6 o'clock. And uh, come and meet Ernie, a legend in the business, and the legend soon to be his son, yeah, Ernie the Third. in the making. Absolutely, I guarantee it. It'll be fun watching them. It's going to be fun watching what happens to this this uh, company, and you know it's going to be big. No what, doubt about it. What impresses me is that the, the son is, uh, seems very knowledgeable about the brand, knows what's coming out. They're definitely working side by side, even though right now the senior Ernie is doing all the blending and taking care of all that stuff. It's very obvious that his son has his hand in at least a little bit of everything, even yeah. if he's specializing in something. It's going to be something. It's going to be fun to watch. This is the whole thing of this industry. You know, I, I watched the, not the, the beginning of Glory Cubana, but the, the explosion of Glory Cubana and a, a lot of the other brands. And, uh, you know, some of these guys uh, started off as, as customers to cigar stores, including my cigar stores. And you watch them get into the cigar business. And, and it's like we're commentating right now on a 30-year-long football game. That's what right. it feels like. It. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, let me ask you a question. Yeah. you got a daughter. Yep. Is she going to fill the shoes one day? She is starting this week with us. 
Great. Uh, and, you know, mostly delivering uh, cigars from one store to the other. She got a driver's license, so uh, she's uh, most of the stuff goes to the Nashua location. That's where uh, everything comes into, and then it's distributed to uh, Seabrook and Salem. Right. And uh, she's going to go there and... Uh, They'll load up the, the truck for her and uh, she'll learn to drop it off, pick up paperwork. And this is, this is my idea of getting her foot in the door. 16-year-old girl, not crazy about uh, the cigar business, what it smells like, and, and a, you know, a, a real guy-type environment. Uh, but she's been in it her whole life. And she's a hot ticket. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see, and, and hopefully it works out. Again, I'm not going to shove it down her throat like, right. like he didn't do it. And if she does... Great, I would love that, but uh, you know, I had a girl and not a boy, and you know, but Ernie pulled it off with his daughter. I was just going to say, yeah. So you never know. There's hope. She yeah. smokes bigger ring gauges than all of us. Yeah, yeah. She smokes the big, uh, the big thick uh, ring gauge cigars. Is my mother coming in the door right now? Nice. So it's a family company. Does she smoke? She smokes cigars. See, she does. She does. So anyway, uh, lots going on in the cigar industry. I went to the Dominican Republic, and and the big talk down there is a couple of guys leaving the business, and one was uh, CAO's Tim Osniger. Uh, he is the O and CAO. Uh, his father put the company together. They sold out uh, to a company uh, a few years ago. He stayed on as the president of the CAO. And uh, they bought uh, General Cigar, uh, Swedish Match. Their company bought it. And I thought that he would now be the president of the bigger company. But they went with uh, the people from uh, General Cigar and uh, Dan Carr, who's a nice, nice man. And he became the president of it. And Tim was to move to Virginia. And uh, out of nowhere, it was a shock to me, he said, uh, I'm not going. I'm going to stay here in, in Tennessee and um, he opened a bar room, huh. uh, a nightclub or bar room, I'm not sure. And um, he's out. There's no way he's out, yeah, right. what I say. <laughs> There's no way, but, but he's out for now. He'll be back. But it's in his blood. There's no doubt about it. He has a passion for it. Uh, I, I can't wait to talk to him about it, but there's no way. Mark my words. All the press releases say he's out. You heard it here first. And November 20th. Right. There's no way he's out. I know he loves it, and he's not going to be able to stay away. It was, it was a shock to me that, it, that even uh, the press release came out that way, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Um, I did, see, uh, yep. not to interrupt, but uh, I just saw it on my screen. I took a look at Bo Derek. Not bad. Not bad? Not bad. In Hot. the 70s? He's no flying nun. In the 70s? Oh, man. I'm just saying, me? I know what I like. She's pretty. I wouldn't give her a 10. Well, she, the, maybe the, a 9. The movie that came out is called 10. It was a movie. And she was the 10 in 10. I mean, so she's automatically a 10. That's how a 10 started. Cool. That's how they started rating The rating girls system 10. of women started, started with, with Bo Derek. Bo Derek as the 10, and everything went from there. So she was, it was like, that's the best you can get. We'll go from there. All right. And I don't think they were very far off. No, I mean, she's like an eight and a half or a nine. They really? rounded. They rounded they up. They rounded up. So anyway, Bo Derek's birthday today. Those that are just tuning in, why are we bringing up Bo Derek? It's her birthday. Another guy that bowed out of the industry uh, is Sam Lacia. He uh, was, as far as I knew, was the man behind Nub and Kane for Oliva Cigars. He... Uh, his name's on the box. His name's on the band. He's the guy that goes around and shaking the hands and stuff. And uh, 
he's yeah. he's nub as far as I knew. And uh, a press release came out. Actually, it started off on Facebook of all places. That there was something said apparently by him that said he's going to wrap up this year doing the events that he, that he has already planned because he said he's going to do them and he's going to follow out to the end of the year and then he's out. And the shock was that it said Oliva owns Nub, always did 100% of it, and Sam is out. And, you know, this was a press release that came out after, you know, the brand will continue. He uh, was a puppet. Figurehead. Apparently. A pretty face. Apparently. Uh, I was shocked. I was shocked, and uh, I, have, I, I put a call in to Sam uh, to ask him a few questions, and he said, you know, when things uh, calm down a bit, he'll... Uh, He'll, he'll, you know, talk about it. But right now, he's not saying much, so maybe this legalities there or whatever's going on. But another guy that is out that I say on this day, he is not out. Mark, mark this down in the book. Oh, Again, yeah. oh, nobody's, nobody is telling me anything. This is, uh, I, I would love to scoop and be able to say it, but this is just my feelings that... Uh, once right. you're in, you're in for life. You're in. And, and I don't think they even sit on the sidelines unless there's non-compete in their thing, which Mike Cusano, for instance, who's a guy, Cusano uh, Cigars, he's out of the business. He has a non-compete, and uh, he's sitting on the sidelines. Itching. He is not out. Yeah, he's got he his not out. engine revving up in neutral. Again, in full disclosure, I don't know anything. It's my gut feeling. I just know these people. You get to know all these people, and uh, what are they going to do? No. Recently, Rocky Patel opened up uh, Burn, right? It opened up this week, yesterday, oh, yeah. actually. Did you get a chance to go down and hang I out was, and see it? I was invited, but after uh, uh, just coming back that day from, from the trip to the Dominican Republic in Miami and knowing I had to do a radio show today, I said, no, I'm not going to go, but I saw pictures of it. It looks beautiful. Uh, he's where he wants to be. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he likes fine wines and hand handcrafted cocktails um, uh, the place looks like it's phenomenal cigars can you smoke cigars in yep there? and he sells the cigars right in there you can smoke cigars in there it's a cigar bar and i'm sure he's gonna he has taken it to an unbelievable level that's what I, he does right because that's what he does so th- that's exciting that uh and i can't wait to go down there it's in naples florida uh it's called burn and um, it just opened up uh, yesterday. Exotic uh, Mediterranean, Asian, and Cuban culture is what uh, they're, they're uh, perceiving it to be. Um, beautiful furniture, exotic, and uh, it's open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 2 o'clock in the morning. And knowing Rocky Patel, if you want to see Rocky around 2 o'clock uh, in the morning, I bet you can uh, find him in any given day. That he'll be there. So uh, there'll be a place to go when I go to Florida for sure. He likes to conduct business over drinks. So now he has a place to bring you in. You can sit down, have a drink, and then, bam, conduct right. your business. That's right. So. Dave, if I may interject for a minute. Yeah. Uh, in efforts of maybe getting our audience a little more involved, I found a gorgeous picture of Bo Derek. And I'm going to put this up on uh, Ustream right now. And if, if Okay. So just so they can see what we're talking about, because I'm with you. Is it naked? Hopefully not. It's, I don't know. It's well, not not a, it's we not, don't have we don't go. have restrictions on UStream. Oh really? This so is, there she she's on, on UStream right now. We're on it. We're on a bit of a delay. It's about uh, oh look at that. See, that's the one that's that I it. pulled up. Yeah, she's all right. And that's Dude. her. That's her running Jeez. across the beach as the perfect ten. That's cool that you can oh. do that. Yeah, man. I'm yeah. Uh, that's her. That's that's the poster. I mean, it, that was like the number one selling poster of its time. I don't know if anything's ever beat it, but uh, everybody had it. I mean, that was. <sighs> 
everything from on everything except maybe school lunchbox. She's got a nice body, but her face is. Oh, stop it! Oh, Jonathan. No, Vinny DeSalvo agrees with me on the uh, thing. She's all body. Which hey. (laughs) <laughs> Which you would, can put a bag over the face. You can't put a bag over the body. That is not a bag over the face, man. She is was perfect. I mean, that was the perfect ten. She's hot. You got to be kidding. What me. year was that picture, Dave? Seventies. Seventies. Yeah, I'll tell you who was a ten. Seventy-seven. What, what do you think, young Mike Havey? That's that's hot, right? Yeah, I'm the most picky guy in here. He's a picky, picky guy, and that is a perfect ten right there. You know who's that a Bo 10. Derek is not attractive. No, I'll You've tell got you. to be kidding Pam me. Pam Anderson in the 90s when she was on. Um, she had brass enlargement. She had all. This was in the 70s. There was nothing. That is all natural. Please. Herpes. She could, not herpes. Oh, she has. Stop. Does she have herpes? I thought she had something worse than that. Yeah, Keith. <laughs> Keith, hey, the expert hey, on Keith. herpes. Hey, Keith. Was it just herpes or she had some sort of. Hepatitis. So that's beautiful. Hepatitis. Oh. That's nice. Can you see hepatitis? I can tell. If you're going to look at someone running down the beach, do you want to look at something that's been enhanced or that? That's natural. Yeah. Natural beauty right natural there. Natural sex. Bo Derek, natural. You end you up have having no, to get it touched up. You have no argument with that. There's not even a... We got much harder of Bo Derek and the From thing. Keith. I've got a the picture. The man who's an expert on herpes says... Bo Derek is hotter. An expert on herpes. I don't know. I got a picture up of her now, uh, which looks to be a present-day photo. So, again, if they're yeah, watching at home. Obviously, her face is aging well, treatment. but it's been Botoxed, and she's well, had some lips. and Pretty talks. good for, what is it, 56 years old? Yeah. 58 years old? Yeah. I don't know. She's just all right. That's oh, good. He's got a, wow. She's no Sally Field. Who has she's aged? She's no Sally Field. Jonathan, you're Wonderfully. Nuts, she slid off as the, the girl next door, nun. or the nun next door. Before, yeah, before she was, what was she? Gidget, yeah, Gidget, and then uh, then the <laughs> flying nun, flying nun. I'm a big fan of hers. Audrey Hepburn. Now there is a oh. woman. There's a handsome woman right there. Handsome. Audrey Hepburn. Handsome is in heaven. Oh my there. god. <laughs> god. Uh, so we did that great event yesterday. You have this. Uh, speaking of events that Mr. Speak- Jonathan is DJing at. That's right. We have an event coming up this Wednesday night. This Wednesday night was the night before Thanksgiving. It is the night before Thanksgiving. And we are going to Cigar Masters in Worcester. That's one exchange place in Worcester, Mass. And they're going to team up with Two Guys Smoke Shop for the night. And it's going to be a smoking meet and greet with Steve Saka. Steve Saka is the president of Drew Estates. And they control Hoya de Nicaragua cigars right now. And uh, it will be a night of Hoya de Nicaragua cigars, great drinks, fantastic food, and uh, some pretty impressive music. And I don't play the drums, but I'm bringing my turntables. I'm going to be ripping it up. Mr. Jonathan is going to be on the wheels of steel. Which pl- I actually I picked up uh, this past week. I picked up some genuine technique turntables because I know that's what you're comfortable on. I am very and uncomfortable with... After, after a whole bunch of years like, like uh, Ernie did yesterday, just jumping in, I would need to practice a little uh, bit. Uh, I'm not going to embarrass myself. Bring some records if you want. They're oh, real turntables. Real turntables. Bring your original brick house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have multiple copies because uh, you like to loop the bird. Dave, are you going to be spinning? I am not. Come I, on. I am not I'm going to make them. I don't know. I need to, and I, and I you know, I, in my day, I was in the top of my thing, but I haven't touched. It's like riding a bike. I don't know. It's, it's, it's probably close to 20 years I haven't touched a turntable. 
it would be like riding a bike if you've never ridden a bike before. Right. You've looked at bikes, then right. you try to ride it. Spinning right. is a little bit different than maybe playing the drums. I don't know. We'll see if I can drink enough to get on the turntables because alcohol was a big thing in those days. That if you're drinking enough to get on the turntables, you're probably falling asleep before you walk up. Right, right. Uh, it's gonna uh, the $50 ticket for the Twas the night before Thanksgiving is going to include dinner, cigars, free valet parking, Mr. Jonathan's on the wheels of steel, and it's going to be a great night. That is this Wednesday night, November 24th at Cigar Masters in Worcester. You can get your ticket or call for your ticket at Cigar Masters in Worcester, or you can drop by any two-guy smoke shop, get your ticket there. Um, we're looking for about 100 people or so, and we're going to have a nice night. And uh, my buddy Steve Saka, who comes up, uh, lives in Miami right now, but uh, uh, spent a lot of years here in New Hampshire. His, his uh, two sons still live up here, so he comes up for Thanksgiving. Comes up to visit. So we will have him for that night. But the big news is we're closed on Thanksgiving, but the day after Thanksgiving, which is Black Friday. Love so it. this is going to be an interesting day. And this is all to benefit the Salem Police and Fire Department. Great. The day. What we're going to do is we're calling it Black Friday, Black Jack, Jack Hammer. Nice. Okay, so there's a lot of jacks, and where is the Jack Hammer going to fit in? Well, at 12 noon, this is on Black Friday. We open at 10 o'clock, and we're going to have great sales on all the Drew Estate cigars, including uh, Chateau Real, Acid. Great cigar. Um, Liga Pavada and uh, Hoya de Nicaragua. Steve will be here with all the guys, and... When you buy a box of any of these cigars, you're going to get a chance to play blackjack. And you just keep playing blackjack till you lose. And we're going to keep track of how many games each person won, and we're going to keep tally all day long. And the top 20 prizes will be the people that won these different, uh, you know. Cool, yeah. And, like, and the top guy gets the ultimate prize, obviously. So whoever has, like, the longest streak? Right. Gotcha. Nice. And after you lose, if you want to keep going... The buy-in is $10 to start again. Easy. So we're going to take, get all that money along with proceeds that we've gotten over, the, over some time. And at 12 noon, uh, this guy uh, that I saw on TV, he was on the History Channel. He has the, the thickest what? skull. Okay, two and a half times the thickness of a normal human being's skull. He was actually on the History Channel. He was on that Cascan. superhuman thing, right? Superhuman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a superhuman. And I'm watching this thing, and I go, i got to look up where this guy is from. This guy happens to be from Massachusetts. So I put a We're email. not going to hold that against him. We'll nope. still have him up. What's his name? His name is John Ferraro. He has an AKA also as Gino Martino. So it could be under Gino Martino or John Ferraro, F-E-R-R-A-R-O. He's the human anvil, and he's going to come here. He's going to put a cigar in his mouth. He's going to sit on the floor. We're going to pile up cinder blocks on his head, and a guy's coming in with a jackhammer, and they're going to jackhammer the cinder blocks on top of his skull. This is just for entertainment purposes only. Don't try this at home. So at 12 noon, that's going to be on Black Friday. You can go out shopping with your wife if you want and walk around the mall, or you can come here to Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and watch, watch this the freak madness. show. It's the madness. And have some cigars, play some blackjack, and at 7 o'clock, we, have, we are having 1,500 pounds of the police department and 1,500 pounds of the fire department come here, and we're going to have a tug-of-war in front of the store. Now, they can have as many people as they want as long as they don't go over the 1,500 pounds. pounds. They want to get 
you know, three 500-pound guys on their side or whatever they have, or they want to get a bunch of little guys together and pull I'd say in. little guys is going to be where it's at. It's up to them, and they know which, whichever way they want to end up doing it. At 7 o'clock, they come. We stretch out the rope, put a little, hang a little thing on there and make a line, and there's going to be a tug-of-war. I don't even know if it's That's fair, great. really. I mean, firemen, what they do is run in with heavy stuff all the time. Their, their legs are moving So you're all leaning the time. towards the fire department? I think the fire department, it's, it's a no-brainer. We should have handicapped them. Oh, so I'm taking the underdog. Give me the underdog. Give me the cops. Well, only- everyone's going to be a winner because this is going to be, we're estimating about $5,000. It will be $5,000 anyway. $5,000. And it's going to be a 60-40 split of the $5,000. Chuck, I'll bet you 20 So bucks. one guy's going to win 3000 One team is going to win 2000 And it's the police and fire department, which are great guys anyway. We're out to help them as best as we can. And that'll happen at 7 Let's o'clock. Do- You're on 20 bucks, 20 and the bucks 20 goes to the charity. Goes right to the charity. You're on. We're big spenders, Chuck. Okay, 20 bucks. You're on. Are you saying that's not enough? It's not enough, but Should we- give till it hurts. 100 200 uh, I don't know about 200 Twenty cheap. Twenty. Twenty All bucks. Right, fine. Twenty. All right. So twenty bucks. But hey, gambling is allowed if it's for charity, I guess. Right. Perfect. So maybe there'll be a lot of that going on, and they can throw into the bucket too. But it's going to be a fun time. Rain or shine, it doesn't matter if there's snow on the ground, which I'm hearing possibilities of snow, which would be interesting, sliding around in the slush. That'd be kind of cool. So whatever. We're going to have fun that day. Uh, if, if you want, there's great malls up here in Salem, New Hampshire. Drop your wife off at the That's mall. That's what you do. That's exactly what you do. You drop the wife off with the kids if there's kids. Have them go shopping. Come down to two guys in Salem. Have a good time, man. Right. That's the way to and, do it. And all to help the Salem Police and Fire Department. So we're going to have a good time. That's going to be this Friday, Black Friday. Why is it Black Friday? That is the first day that most businesses end up in the black. That's right. Of, That's right. That's why it's Black money. Friday. And, John, I, I disagree with you. You were saying that you don't think it's going to be that great of a Black Friday. Were you saying that in the first hour? Did yeah, I hear you I think, correctly? I, I think it's going to be a little bit of a letdown for everybody. There's so many businesses that are going, I mean, as far as foot traffic in the stores goes. I'm sure they're going to sell tons, but so many different businesses, like, for example, Walmart, are giving away the shipping. doesn't matter how much you spend at Walmart. I heard that. And heard you that. get free shipping, so you spend $2. Normally, it's like a $20 limit. I think all the businesses are going to do that online. And people are going to stay home, do well, their shopping online, get it done. And typically, they don't. The, the Cyber Monday or something, which is not even the following Monday. It's the Monday after that, yeah, which is right. Cyber Monday. And that's the, the biggest day. I don't know if it was invented or what, but supposedly some somebody did the numbers and says that's the biggest shopping day online. Hmm. Right. You know, but I'll tell you, you know, being, being here in a, in a busy, busy tax-free area that we're in, Traffic is incredible. Parking lots are full. Uh, I get here, uh, you know, we open at 10 o'clock, so I get here early in the morning. There's usually people parking in our parking lot I believe that it. are shopping elsewhere for, for the early morning sales and things like that. Well, so everyone's got the be, day off. Be you prepared know? I mean, to be towed if you're parked here and you're not shopping here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call the tow truck. <laughs> can, I, can that be my job? Can I just go around checking plates? If you, if you feel that way. It would be a way. nice Christmas present to someone. Park in the wrong parking lot, you get towed. That's not nice. That's bad karma, isn't it? Isn't that bad karma? It's terrible karma. Nah, it might feel good, though. All right, fine. Yeah. What about... By, uh, by 10 o'clock, the peop- they're gone. You know, someone makes a good point, and we, you were talking about the events. I didn't want to bring it up before, but... Bring what, it up. What about Raquel Welch? Very good. Now, she was in the... Not the Dirty Old Men. What's the... Uh, dirty Old Men. Uh, there was they, they had a couple of movies there with um, Grumpy Old Men, is that what it is? Yeah, Grumpy Old Men and the Grumpier Old Men. Yep, she was in the second one of that. 
Still smoking hot. In her oh, 60s. Oh, we got a shot here. She was in Seinfeld. Remember the Seinfeld episodes with her in there? Yeah. Yeah. Ann Margaret? I thought it was Raquel Welch. Keith is now a uh, personality on the show. He just doesn't have a microphone. He yells in from across the thing. Well, you'll have to say what he's saying because they can't hear him. So she's still hot. I can't remember what he said. Okay, whatever. Ann Margaret is still hot. Oh, Ann Margaret Ann Margaret is still hot. Who is it? Is dead? Dead or alive, Ann Margaret. I don't know. I'm going to go with, I don't I'm, care because I, I don't even know who she is. Yeah. She's a handsome woman. That's I got a I shot up there for the uh, folks watching at home. What do you got? What do you got? That's a nice shot. Here it comes. Here it comes. Wait there for it. Go. Wait for it. Yep, there it is. Yeah, check it out. Wow. Google it. Google it. Is, is that um, 100 BC, whatever that movie uh, is? Yeah, I think it is actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's on the list. <laughs> She's on the list. Well, well, number two to the well, that was Rockwell well. That was 30 years ago, maybe more. She's still smoking hot. Yeah. Guaranteed. Maybe 30 years or so ago. Someone's saying here that uh, Vinny's saying that she was on Law & Order SVU last season. And? What do you think, Vinny? Is she hot? I didn't see that episode. I like that show. I missed that one. <sighs> well, I'm loving the 2010. I am. This is going to be called the, the Donut Cigar from now from now on. I don't get the donut thing at all, but it's a... A little uh, bit of nutmeg in there. Sweet. Do, do you consider it dry like a... a uh, a plain donut would be a little dry. A, a little bit, but it, 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 like a really fresh one. So it's not very dry, but kind of cakey. You know what Ernie was saying to me? Um, his uh, his um, short run had come out unsellowed. And he said he likes to get his cigars and take them out of cellophane and leave them out, uh, you know, in the humidor, but leave them uncellophaned for a few weeks at least. And then the cigar gets much, much better. I tend to take the cigars out of cellophane in my personal humidor anyway. Who is that? Oh. Are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> he learned a new trick, how to, show, how to show the viewers. So usually I say, why would you want to watch us on a radio show? But maybe there's Chuck a reason. Now, gotta, it now it's must-watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he learned a little trick here. <laughs> We're going to be using this technology maybe quite a bit now. Baby pictures of Mr. Jonathan. Oh yes. Good luck finding yes. those. Oh, we'll yeah. find them. We'll find them. <laughs> They're not on the web. With with some hair. Did you have something like an afro or any? Do you have I any? actually. Uh, the funny thing about that is, is my friend, best best friend since the third grade, Caleb. Uh, he used to call me Ronald McDonald. Because I had fiery, fiery red Really? Hair, and it was in an afro all the time. You know, my mom would spend all the money on going to the hairdresser or whatever. And, you know, I'd go and I'd say, please, can I get a cut? Because I'm getting teased at school. And she's like, suck it up. You're fine. And nice. I'd have this big, huge afro. Red-headed afro. Yes. Oh, my God. That's a, that tells me a lot right there. Wait, the, the whole story starting to come, come alive. In right high now. school, I started rebelling. I was into skateboarding. And I... Uh, decided I wanted to have a mohawk and so what a nightmare I wanted it to be pointy and I would in the morning I'd not looking for attention folks yeah not at all don't pay attention to me I was not looking for any attention I would get egg whites and I put egg whites in my hair and I'd iron my hair so that it, you would actually it would freeze that way you are a freak I am by the end of the day <laughs> my little uh there you go <laughs> by the end of the day my little jufro was like 
coming out, it was curling at the top. I had the most ridiculous. I'll show you a picture. I won't give it a chuck, but I'll show you a picture. <laughs> We've got to put these things on. We could probably get another couple of listeners to, to tune in on uh, Ustream. Yeah, bo- both of the kids that used to beat me up in the third grade will watch, and then they'll come back to the show, and they'll beat me up here. There we go. We won't let that happen, Jonathan. Well, next week we're going to do the show live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Nashua, New Hampshire. We haven't been there in forever. Right, like. right. Uh, hey, running around and going crazy. But I had uh, uh, next week is the anniversary of uh, the birth of Winston Churchill. So uh, the folks from Davidoff, who uh, they own Winston Churchill cigars, high-end, nice, nice cigar, but very, very expensive in the $20 range. Uh, they have a new brand manager. And uh, Scott, he came to see me this week, and uh, he asked me about the show, and he knows everything about Winston Churchill. Uh, he was telling me, uh, you know, he drank uh, Johnny Walker Red, and uh, I said, well... Do we get to have some Johnny Walker Red? He's going to bring Johnny Walker Red. Oh, that's what I'm I, talking about. I said about. to him, yeah, I do the show, and geez, next week will be a perfect week to have you on. And he says, why is that? I said, you know everything about Winston Churchill? And he said, yeah. I said, well, why would I want you on next week? And he says, I don't know, because I'm up in the area. And I said, no, it's Winston Churchill's birthday. You and big said, dork. Yeah, he didn't know. So I said, do your homework, get ready, because we're going to be, uh, maybe we'll have a little trivia questions for him or something That'd like that. That would be fun. Uh, embarrass him in front of his new bosses. <laughs> it's always good, right? That's what Dave lives for. He gives me a hard time about bad karma having people towed, but he wants them to be embarrassed in front of their bosses. He's actually getting fired. He worked at his dad's cigar store in New Jersey. He's one of the Jersey boys. And um, he said uh, he got this opportunity to work for Davidoff and be a brand manager of uh, Winston Churchill Cigars. They've never had a brand manager on it. And uh, he has a budget, and he's going to try to uh, do lots of things with Winston Churchill. And Bring get, it to the next level. Right. So uh, we had a nice talk, and uh, he knows about the radio show, and he says, I'd love to do it sometime. So he's gonna, we're going to have him on next week. Well, it's nice that you're finally booking guests, and I don't have to do it all myself. Thanks. <laughs> So uh, speaking of uh, John, Johnny Walker Red, we're gonna get we'll get wasted next week. I'm happy about that. Yeah, um, go ahead. Speaking so of, we have uh, December fourth. We've got the Ashton tasting. Yes, let's talk about that the because sem- haven't we given away? I think there's a little bit left. There's a little bit left. There's so three let, left. Let's quick. Uh, oh, three minutes left. Oh my <coughs> bad. Sorry. Uh, let's quickly say La Roma de Cuba Mi Amor. It's a new cigar out there made by Pepin Garcia for the folks at Ashton. And we did a tasting it was uh, awesome. in here, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, Mr. Jonathan uh, took it upon myself took just it, to yeah, invite Andy Green on the show and do a tasting. And so, we had it all set up before we even talked to you. Yeah. So what we're going to do is if you go on the CigarAuthority.com, you'll see a contact us. Click contact us. Give us your name and address, where you want us to send your free cigar, along with the sampling products that will come with it, which is chocolate, coconuts, and nuts, along with the cigar. And we are going to do the first of a, of a virtual cigar test taste yep. tasting. I have it right here, actually. We only have about 10 left. Okay. So if you end up missing it, which I would imagine after today's show, they're gonna, we're going to end yep. up having the rest of the addresses. If you miss it, you can pick up your own cigar. And just pick up an Almond Joy. should be good. It's, it's what's in an Almond Joy. and Maybe just taste the chocolate and just yeah. bite a little chocolate off it, then go to the coconut. But it was pretty interesting uh, concept, and we'll see if we can pull it off on a radio and, and Internet show type of thing. But if you go on the CigarAuthority.com, click Contact Us, give us your name and address where you want to send the cigar to, 
And uh, also well, pick well, yourself up a little bit of sipping rum because we're yes, Lush yeah. is on the show now. We, you know, we've got Bill Hurley well, that it comes was, on. We it drink then. Yep. We get the Johnny Walker. It was part of the thing was with the sipping rum, but we can't ship out the sipping rum legally, so you have to get your own sipping rum if you want to play along with the sipping rum. But it was part of the thing. It was pretty interesting. So keep that in mind. Uh, click on that and do it. If we run out of it, Grab yourself an Almond Joy and get a, uh, a La Roma de Cuba, Mia Moore, and we'll have a lot of fun. That's the December 4th show. So uh, that's all I got. I think we had a good time, and it's such an honor to have uh, Ernie the- Squared on the show with us. <laughs> Ernie Squared. I like that. Jeez, that is a good thing. They put box press cigar, call it Ernie Squared, and it's the and two And it's Ernie's. both of them, yeah. There's a marketing thing. I want a piece so, of the action on so that. They'll give you no piece. Maybe they'll give you a free cigar. I'm sure they will. So anyway, thank you so much for uh, Ernie and Ernie to be there. As I said, they'll be here till 6 o'clock at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Take exit one off Route 93. Come to the end of the exit. Take a right. We're about a mile down. We're here till 6 o'clock. And you can meet Ernie and try some of his cigars. And we're having a good time. We're here till 6 o'clock. Yeah. And I want to thank you, Dave, for being on the show with me today. It's very nice of you. <laughs> Thanks for on. having me. Thank you. And, and I will imagine next week, uh, as I'm sipping the Johnny Walker Red, you'll be sitting right you'll beside me. You'll be looking me. over to your right, and I'll be sitting <laughs> right here. <laughs> and uh, great, great. So we'll have a good time. So we're running out of time. Okay, we're out of time. Hey, it flew by this week. Thank you all for joining us this week. We'll catch you next week, and it's Winston Churchill's birthday, so we'll be celebrating. So join us next week right here on On the Cigar Cigar Authority Authority Radio Radio Network. Network. Hi, this is David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I'd like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys Smoke Shop is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. It's stogie heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1, off Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Seabrook, and Nashua, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax or sales tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have built three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in tax-free New Hampshire or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars everywhere and single cigars, too. Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's stogie heaven. Hi, I'm Mr. Jonathan, the owner and operator of MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com. MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ or sound production. We do everything from weddings to backyard barbecues, boat cruises to theme parties. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we have a package to fit your needs. Shoot me an email at info at MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com or call me at 603-475-1391. That's 603-475-1391. Hey, Sammy B here, Sammy B's Custom Carpentry, foundation to finish and everything in between. Find a job I can't do. I dare you. At Sammy B's Custom Carpentry, I build everything myself. So you know it's American-made and built to last. I don't subcontract. I'm committed to getting a job, and I'm committed to finishing the job personally. Call for a brochure and references, 603-553-2345. If you can dream it, I can build it. Sammy B's, 603-553-2345. Let me ask you a serious question. Do you like what you're doing for a living? Are you sick of being in the rat race, living life on other people's terms? Hi. 
This is Chuck Morrison from MakingMountainsMove.com, and I challenge you to take back control of your life and make mountains move to live the life that you were meant to live. If you have a dream, a burning desire, but feel miles away from living it, I can help. You see, I used to be a stressed out corporate slave with time for everyone but me and my family until I made the decision to follow my heart and pursue my passion. Today, I'm living life on my terms and helping people achieve the same in record time. Look, you have a purpose to serve in this life, and I can get guarantee you it's not to be stuck inside of some job or some career that's sucking the life right out of you. It's time for you to take back control of your life. It's time for you to make mountains move. Take the first step today. Head on over to makingmountainsmove.com and sign up for my free number one secret to help you get out of your job and into your dream. It's time for you to make mountains move. So what's the deal, Trent? 